Kyle McCartan. Sports Radio 1019 FM. The Fan. WFAN. Good morning, New York sports fans. I'm Danielle McCartan. McCartan after midnight. I'll be talking all things New York sports with you until 6 a.m. on this early Sunday morning or late Saturday night if you're still out and about in the city and ever sleeps or you're in a rideshare home or if you're working on a weekend like usual. Hey, me and Pat are too. And no, your alarm clock is not wrong. It is me at 3. Happy V-Day, Valentine's Day to you. That's my little freestyle for you guys. I'm coming to you live from the Mike Francesa studio here in lower Manhattan. Obviously, I've got Pat with me tonight. You guys know that number, 877-337-6666. Please, let's load them up with your best content only. That's all I ask. Take your, Bring your notes, and let's have a good conversation tonight about sports all the way up through 6 a.m. Uh, so I haven't been on with you guys. I told you that the Bucks were going to win that game. Allow me to continue to bask in my bet from March 17th 2020, almost a year ago, my $35 cumulative bet on the Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl. Three days later, Tom Brady signed on the dotted line in Tampa. Almost a year later, my $35 turned into $770. The immortal. Superman Kansas City Chiefs dynasty plans were put on pause last weekend in Super Bowl 55 by their kryptonite, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That from Three Doors Down, you know the song. While Tom Brady's dynasty certainly wasn't derailed in New England by the New York Giants twice, he does know a humbling thing or two about being on the other end of losing a Super Bowl. Am I right, Giants fans? Yes, Tom Brady put up 31 points against the Chiefs. My score prediction, if you remember from last week, was 30. Yes, Tom Brady has 21 Super Bowl passing touchdowns, which is more than all of these guys combined. Are you ready? Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, John Elway, Dan Marino, Bart Starr, and Jim Kelly. All of those guys combined have thrown 20 Super Bowl touchdown passes. Tom Brady alone. That's 21. Maybe a better song for this section might have been Ariana Grande's Seven Rings, which is all great. And a great reason to celebrate what he did on that boat, by the way, which was hilarious if you saw the video. Got some sea legs underneath him. But please allow me to add an addendum to the Tom Brady narrative, especially this year. The Buccaneers, to win that Super Bowl, had to, in this year's playoffs, defeat Drew Brees at the Superdome, Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau Field, MVP Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau Field. And, of course, Patrick Mahomes in that order. But with all due respect to the greatest quarterback of all time, Mr. Brady, the last I checked, he didn't suit up on the defensive side of the ball. And in all honesty, it was Todd Bowles' defense that got the job done. While I am, yes, very upset that my $10 bet on Rob Gronkowski did not come to fruition, that MVP bet at plus (laughs) 8,500, sorry, brain fart there, I had him to win the MVP at plus 8,500. That's what I was going for, $10. And I really thought it was going to be him after that second touchdown catch. Maybe the game's real MVP was Todd Bowles himself. I looked to see how Patrick Mahomes' performance in the Super Bowl compares against the others in his career. Guess what? If you look at quarterback rating, which kind of mushes all the stats into one single neat stat, 
The Super Bowl game he played against Todd Bowles' defense was the worst game of his career by almost 11 rating points. That, my friends, is a statement. Guess what? The odds makers are indicating that at this moment in time, we will be seeing a Tampa Bay-Kansas City rematch in Super Bowl 56 in L.A. The Chiefs, they say, will be hoisting the Lombardi Trophy at the brand new, beautiful SoFi Stadium. In case you are wondering where our teams currently sit, well, the, the Buffalo Bills are third at plus 1,100. And then you got to keep scrolling like Dory and Finding Nemo. Just keep scrolling. Just keep scrolling. You'll find the Jets are 25th at plus 6,500. And the Giants are 27th at plus 7,000 to win the Super Bowl next year. So the Bulls blueprint probably has already been enacted and deployed in front offices around the league especially those that reside in the AFC. What is that blueprint, you may ask? Well, it's an ode to the age-old adage that states defense wins championships. Maybe the Nets will get that memo soon, right? But maybe, just maybe, the perfect complement to a good offense isn't becoming a better offense. It's fortifying your defense. A novel concept, right? Well, maybe in today's NFL, it is. For the Buccaneers, the bold blueprint looked like this. A stifling front four, athletic linebackers that can hang with the best or one of the best tight ends in the game, all the while playing complementary football at all three levels of defense and generating different pre-snap looks but the same outcomes. The Todd Bowles way, the physical blueprint in the game plan plus the prototypical players that fit into that game plan. Steve McClendon, last week's guest on this show, being one of them. He was handpicked by Bowles midseason. And as far as Bowles' candidacy for another head coach job, well, if you're a fan of the show, you know that I do say this often. Some people are just better cut out to be coordinators, and there's really there's nothing wrong with that. He won a Super Bowl with that role. But if Todd Bowles wants another shot at being a head coach, and maybe he does and maybe he doesn't, he more than certainly has earned it. But if it were me, I wouldn't I would not be going anywhere until Tom Brady hangs him up. And now, NFL fans, we wait. Yes, there are trade rumors trickling in. And while I guess it's fun to play fantasy GM, the biggest upcoming dates for the league are March 17th, which is when free agency officially begins, and April 29th, when the 2021 NFL draft begins. But if there's just one more thing that Super Bowl 55 taught all the viewers, especially locally in our area, it was this that I tweeted right after the Super Bowl and got a pretty good response on it, I said, I would just like to point out the obvious, that even Patrick Mahomes couldn't get it done with a ragtag offensive line. Running for his life was the expression widely used following the Super Bowl to describe Patrick Mahomes. I also told you the matchup to watch was going to be that Buccaneers defensive line versus the Chiefs offensive line, which you all know about, right? That, that offensive line was going to be playing without many of its starting pieces. I told you, left guard last week, Coleccio Semley tore tendons in, in his knees in, in week five, both knees. Mitchell Schwartz hasn't played since week six. Eric Fisher ruptured his Achilles tendon in the AFC Championship game. So what was left over? Mike Remmers at left tackle, who Von Miller wrecked in Super Bowl 50, enough to be named MVP over Peyton Manning in his last game ever, and Andrew Wiley at right tackle. As you all saw, the lack of depth and talent evidently proved to be the Chiefs' Achilles heel. On paper, for Patrick Mahomes, you see three sacks, 
27 yards lost, and two interceptions. I mean, not terrible, not bad. But if you watch the game, your eyes told you a different story. Patrick Mahomes was running for his life. Outside the tackle box, he completed just 26% of his passes for 28 yards, and there's where the two interceptions came in. And to put a number to the scrambling, as I often like to do, I actually consulted NFL's next-gen stats. Mahomes scrambled for 497 yards before throwing the ball or being sacked. That is the most scramble yards tracked ever by next-gen stats. So new year, new you, right? Maybe you're getting back into the gym. Why don't you do this? Imagine yourself running .28 miles on a treadmill, which is 497 yards, as fast as you can while being chased by 300-pound linemen waiting to tackle you to the ground. Mahomes lived it in the Super Bowl, only in the Super Bowl. Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold live it every Sunday. Now factor in an injury. Patrick Mahomes also went, underwent surgery on, on his turf toe on Wednesday. Mahomes was playing injured through the Super Bowl and the AFC Championship game. Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold were playing injured through the 2020 regular season too. Daniel Jones played injured in 2020 with a hamstring and an ankle. He missed weeks 11, 13, and 15. And if you think he was magically healed, you're delusional. Sam Darnold played injured in 2020, a shoulder after being pile-driven to the ground versus the Broncos in week four. Still no flag. He missed weeks five and six, and then not nine, 10, and 11. And if you think he was magically healed in week 12 and beyond, you're also delusional. The point I'm trying to make is this. We all view Patrick Mahomes as the next coming. And due to a ragtag offensive line and a toe injury, he looked completely mortal. And dare I say it, regular. Normal, even with some of the league's most best offensive weapons. So what am I saying to you is just back off of Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold a little bit. Stop with the need for the immediate instant gratification. Look at it logically. Neither of these two teams were playoff contenders, even if they had Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback. Jones and Darnold were playing on teams that are both works in progress. And both have dealt with a turnover at the head coach position and, and therefore underneath it. Unlike Mahomes, who was essentially a plug-and-play winner and who has played under the same head coach in the same system for his entire career so far. So Jets and Giants fans, take notice. Internalize all of that. Consider your own quarterbacks and the situations that they're in at the moment. And with the draft right around the corner, sort of, if Patrick Mahomes can't get it done while running for his life, what makes you think Daniel Jones, Sam Darnold, Deshaun Watson, or whatever other quarterback you're wanting to bring in here can? As we already talked about, in the, over the last 12 months, Houston has a problem. And that problem is now compounded by the Texans' relief of Mr. Houston's release, Mr. Houston, J.J. Watt. The stars to break up in a small town, that's Sam Hunt, by the way, have been DeAndre Hopkins. James Harden, Russell Westbrook, George Springer, and now officially J.J. Watt. And let's address Deshaun Watson right off the bat. He wants to be traded, but the team has said that they are not trading him. Friday morning, the Texans released J.J. Watt after mutually agreeing to part ways. In fact, Ian Rappaport spoke to the, to the Texans CEO, Cal McNair. He reported back this from their conversation. This is a quote. We evaluated our options, and we were confident that this was the right one for J.J. and the Texans. Listen carefully now. We started talking 
about this right after this season. And we wanted to make sure we did right by him. This is not goodbye. It's so long for now. So just to clarify, the situations between Watson and Watt, they are not equal. The Texans clearly view 25-year-old Deshaun Watson as an elite quarterback worth rebuilding a round. He just signed an extension in September, by the way. Don't forget that. The Texans clearly view J.J. Watt as a defensive lineman that used to keep opposing quarterbacks up at night. Immediately, anyone with a brain could figure out that the release of J.J. Watt was certainly salary-related. It was a good old salary dump for a guy that no longer wanted to play for the team, of a guy who wants to chase a ring, of a guy who has one year left on his contract. The Texans, before the move, were about $14 million over the salary cap. And now with his release, they have a little over $10 million to spend. Watson should be happy about that. It was an easy fix to now give him someone to potentially work with offensively. And speaking of, did you see the reports on, what was it, Thursday or Friday? The Jets are probably not in play for Watson. Good. Can we please just put this to rest already? Or are you still holding on to an irrational hope for a disgruntled quarterback who would just be as disgruntled here in New York, making a ton of money, on average $33 million a year, until his opt-out after the 2023 season? Yeah, if that's you, I want to hear from you this morning. And in my Jets playbook, as you all know since day one, Watson has never been involved. But would J.J. Watt be a piece that fits in either of our New York Jets or New York Giants? Watt is a vested veteran, therefore he is not subject to waivers. He can sign with the team immediately instead of having to wait until the 2021 league year on March 17th. We can examine the potential of him on our teams this morning as well. Last week, we talked about Lady Gaga's performance at the inauguration, how she'd translate to the opera. So I figured I'd throw in some Antonio Vivaldi at you. This is La Primavera, or spring, from his Le Quattro Stagioni. Spring because it's baseball season, right? Besides playing fantasy GM with any potential trades, it's, it's fun, isn't it? For now, many of us are tuning in now to our three local hockey teams, our two local basketball teams, while flipping to the spring training chapter in our collective book of twenty. 21. The first keystrokes in the Yankees 2021 book will be written tomorrow, Monday, February 15th, when their pitchers and catchers report for duty. Their position players will join them in Tampa on the 21st. The Mets have to wait to release their first page of their first chapter. Pitchers and catchers officially report on Friday, Friday, February 19th. Some are already there, though. They tweeted Saturday a video of their new starting catcher, James McCann, throwing. Their position players will officially join them a few few days later in Port St. Lucie on February 22. With that said, I'd like to take a deep dive, and I already cringe as I said that. I hate that expression, but um, with you guys tonight about the pitchers and catchers on our New York baseball teams this morning. And maybe we can save the position players to next week after they report. With Arietta, my can't-miss starting pitcher, as you know, for both our Yankees and our Mets on the free agent market. What, what now and how have my top choices now shuffled around? In case you missed it, Arietta and the Cubs closed on a one-year deal worth $6.5 million. What about relievers? Both teams could use a good one, especially with the news out of Queens that Seth Lugo will be sidelined for over six weeks after surgery to remove a bone spur. And while we have not heard from Brian Cashman in about two weeks, Mets GM Zach Scott said on Friday, we're not done. We want to do some other things. With the Yankees' official signing of Jay Bruce to a minor league deal on Saturday, you'd have to think that they're not done either. And some bad news really quickly for the New York Knicks. If you haven't heard, Mitchell Robinson fractured his right hand versus the Washington Wizards Friday night. 
And after being reevaluated on Saturday, it was determined that he will have surgery on the hand, sidelining him for four to six weeks. He'll be due back anytime between, let's say, March 13th and March 27th with just about two months to go in the regular season. I got to tell you, Robinson is one of my favorite Knicks. He's a gritty player with his shot blocking, his presence around the rim, both offensively and defensively. And the kid just plays hard. Case in point, before he went out with the hand injury Friday night, he had already had 14 rebounds. What in the meantime will the and what should the Knicks do in his absence? So lots to do tonight, lots to get to, everybody. I have set the table for you. Somebody tweeted me saying that they're, they, I've set the table so that they can have their, their after-midnight snacks. I like that. So it's time to eat, everybody. I can't wait to talk with you guys. 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan, After Midnight, on the fan in New York City. Working on a weekend like usual. Way off in the deep end like usual. Swear they passed us, they doing too much. Haven't done my taxes, I'm too turned up. Yeah, it's almost tax season, everybody. Make sure you do taxes, don't nuts. end up like <laughs> a lot of these guys, a lot of these famous guys, you know. I have my my paperwork on the, on the chair. It, it hasn't moved, but it's there. Got to get it done. All right, so me and Pat are working on the weekend, like usual. But the time is a little bit different this weekend. I just want to let you know, you know, we maybe the last note about the Super Bowl, maybe, but I also want a halftime score for the pool that I was in. So. Two hundred dollars on top of that, and it was only I only put ten dollars down, and I won two hundred on top of that Bucks futures bet. So I bring this up because remember last week when we talked about how you should be tipping your pool organizer. So through the app, I tipped her twenty dollars, which is ten percent. And a few minutes later, she sent it back with the message: "Refund. I enjoy doing this. Keep it." That's pretty cool, right? You love to see that, right? You know, you, you could also tip your producer. I mean, I, I will accept them. I won't send it back. Are you kidding me? I brought you brownies <laughs> on your birthday. Get out of here. <laughs> well, now, brought, now, you're my, like, now you're like, what, $1,500 richer between your Super Bowl futures <laughs> bet hitting and the, and the my, pool? My mom's coveted lasagna you got. You, you got have. brownies on your birthday. What more do you, you, have, you want? You have treated me well. Right. Come on. More than anybody else here. Correct. Thank you. <laughs> and also, too, by the way, I made a big deal last week. I know you weren't here, but I made a big deal about uh, my Carvel cake. Um, I, I always have the Super Bowl party, and then I, it was just one sentence I mentioned about this Carvel cake, and it blew up on Twitter. So, you know, I, I was going to—I was not obviously having a party this year, but what, I went to sleep when I got home, and as I'm falling asleep, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to wake up, and I'm going to go buy myself a Carvel cake, the football cake. So, like, exactly three hours later, that's all I slept. I woke up, ready to go ready to watch the Super Bowl, ready to go get myself this Carvel cake. And there were six inches of snow on the ground, so forget about it. So no football cake for me. Carvel, if you're listening, you can go ahead and send me one. I would appreciate it. <laughs> that Honestly, I don't know if this has been like a, a subject of discussion on Twitter at any point. That might be the goat of all cakes, ice cream cakes especially. Well, that's what we were talking about. I asked, I asked the audience, what is one thing that you need to have on Super Bowl Sunday? Yes, the pig's in a blanket. Yes, yes, yes. For me, it's that cake. Oof. I, tough to go against wings. Mm-hmm. I'm not a wing fan. What? Yeah, no. Jeez. I don't like the bone. So get boneless ones. I know, but still. Come on, it's an easy fix. Like zingers. I know. You like, can't have, we can't watch Super Bowl without the Carvel cake. You can't watch Super Bowl without wings. <laughs> All right, let's, let's, let's see what the callers have to say about that. Let's kick it off tonight. Kevin and Camden, you, whoops. I thought I almost dropped you, Kevin. Kevin and Camden, you are our leadoff. What's up this week? 
what, what's up? You guys are making me hungry this early in the morning. <laughs> I know. I'm kind of hungry, too. I, I told them that as soon as I got here. <laughs> I'm not a wing person either, Pat. I'm sorry. I just don't like the bone. I'm, sh- the, I'm the same way. He's shaking his head. I'm sorry about that, Pat. <laughs> but I want to say, the Mets, everybody's crying that they missed on Paxson. All right? I, I didn't win with the Yankees. All right? I, he wasn't that great. So it's not a big deal for me. I think, talk, yeah, everybody. okay, I do have some other options, and we can get into that a little bit later, but I, Paxton was my, my number call, one, actually. though, Kevin. He was my number one for the Mets. I, I have uh, Taewon Walker. That's reported. Taewon Walker's one. Yeah. But I have two other ones, Julio Tehran and Cole Hamels. Hmm. Because two. I'm saying they they both, I mean, I know Hamels is a little older, but they're both pretty good pitchers. Their records are Pretty solid, and I've heard this old saying: "The enemy of the enemy of my enemy is my friend." So <laughs> yeah. if we sign one of them and they help the mess win, doesn't matter to me. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I haven't I could, really. I could see it. I haven't really looked into either of them. Tehran. I'm just trying to look up really quickly. He intrigues me more. I got to say. I uh, saw him live. I told you about that. I did see him live in person. So I. I Little, you know, I noticed that a little bit, but yeah, it'd be a 1.1 million dollar market value. Yeah, I mean, I would add him to the list there. Let me look. Now, real quick, a football point. I know I didn't bring this up, but, but Kevin, Zach Kevin, Hurt. wait one second, one second. You know what sorry, number just sorry. just popped out to me just now? I know yep. 2020 was a weird season. ERA yep. was 10. Ooh, you know what? Not taking off the list. Yeah, but well, I mean, it was just a thought. Yeah, I'm yeah. Just, you know. I mean. That's what we're here for. We're playing fantasy GM and stuff, so it's this is the time for it. Yep. And real quick, Zach Ertz, yeah. bring him to bring him to the Giants or Jets. I'm sorry, but he is a dynamic tight end. He's going to be probably released by the birds, Giants and Jets, especially the Jets. Joe Douglas knows him. Bring oh. him to New York. Yeah. Say it. Kevin. Book it. <laughs> oh, let's see that one, Kevin. And thanks for the call there. Uh, yeah. Look, at, and uh, sorry, Kevin, but we were talking about this in DM. Zach Ertz. The, the minute he had that tearful press conference, like after this, their season had ended, you knew he was out of there, right? They haven't done anything just yet, right? But you knew he was going to be out of there. I tweeted it at the time. We talked about it that week. Zach Ertz can play on my team any day of the week. Finally, the Giants would get a tight end that's a, a, like a true tight end rather than a sl- slot receiver. I think if Zach Ertz comes to the Giants – the experiment of Evan Ingram being that slot receiver is is finished. I mean, being that tight end is finished. Maybe move him to slot receiver. And I think that if Zach Ertz comes to the Jets, and great point um, with the familiarity factor between him and, and uh, Joe Douglas. Um, you know, I just, I made the point last week, when you look at the two teams that were playing in the Super Bowl, the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. Okay. They both have pretty good tight ends, don't they? Kelsey... Gronkowski, right? I mean, they and the 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 uh, the Bucks have three good ones. So what I'm trying to say is, the tight end is such an integral piece to the development, especially the development of a young quarterback or an inexperienced quarterback or a quarterback in a new system. Why do you think Tom Brady brought his tight end with him to Tampa out of retirement? So Zach Ertz can play on my team any day of the week. Go out and get him. Giants probably can't afford him, I don't think. I looked at their cap number earlier today. Um, I don't know what he would cost off the top of my head, but the Jets, I know, can definitely afford him. Especially if they're keeping Sam Darnold, which they should. Let's go to Tony in Providence next year up on the fan. Good morning. 
How are you, Tony? Congratulations. Very Thanks. happy. Thank you. I picked Tampa with you, my friend. Uh, I, knew, I just thought the margin would be close, and I was way wrong. I know. That was surprising how, how they don't, they didn't even put up a touchdown. I mean, credit to Todd Bowles' defense. That surprised me. I'll be honest. Right. The defense, obviously, we talked about always nail it. The front line, it was great. The pressure, uh, he was going backwards the whole time. Yep. I, I knew the defense would step up. I mean, and uh, uh, give them credit when they, they deserve it. But, Danielle, the key is uh, for next season, I think Tampa Bay will be there. But Kansas City, we'll see how Mahomes recovers from surgery when they keep all those players. Um, there's no guarantee on Kansas City coming back because we've seen teams in the past um, have trouble in the Super Bowl against the Patriots and then we came back. So everyone's saying, well, Kansas City will be in there next year. Well, AFC's tough. AFC's going to be well, tough. I know, and I think the Bills are going to be pretty good competition, especially if they get a, a running back in the drafts or free agency or something. But Shaq Barrett is a free agent uh, on that Tampa Bay Bucks defense, and he, he's, a, he's a pretty good player. I, I Actually, Tony, I really think, and I'll give it away, I'll give away the goods right now, I think J.J. Watt ends up on the Bucks next year. Wow. Interesting. And, uh, and I was correct about that coach. Kansas City did get rid of the coach, and um, it could have been a mild distraction. You can't say it wasn't, but they did get rid of that coach. Uh, yeah, I remember we talked home. last week. Yeah, I remember. So now they got rid of him. So obviously, it's, I mean, obviously we're praying uh, for recovery, but it was a sad story. They didn't mention it on the broadcast, and the bottom line is it had to be someone they described him because Andy Reid was not focused on the other things and what he saw. So obviously, I think that had something to do with it, and just the game plan on Tampa Bay him credit. But as for next year, yes, Tampa Bay have to keep um, the Tampa plays intact, and they can't have a pay cut. Manually. They have to have a pay cut because um, obviously all these players want. Um, but I think they want to win with Brady. Why would you want to go to any other team in the football league to stay with Brady? I know. I know. I mean, he is the best. Danielle, he's the best. I mean, people can say what they want, but right now he is the best. Right now. Yeah. To- I'm totally with you, Tony. I appreciate the call. And, and I like how you kind of tied it back into what we talked about last week. And obviously what we talked about last week was uh, um, hopefully that uh, Andy Reid's son, coach on the staff, could uh, could get the help he needs, right? Um, but isn't Tom Brady – is it just me or, or is Tom Brady much more likable? Tampa Bay Tom. Tampa Bay Tom is much more likable than New England Tom. I think so. I enjoy him a little bit better, especially since he's out of the, the AFC East. He's done killing the Jets. Mike in Blauvelt, you're on the fan. Oh, hi. Um, hello, Danielle. I called you last week. Remember I remember. You, twi- you remember me. I remember yeah. I, uh, you tweeted me, and I, and, and I made that prediction about the ch- Chiefs winning. Um, but I was way off. Congratulations on your pick. I want to make a few points about uh, Tom Brady. Yeah. That the the, the may you know with the mayor that was funny. She mentioned it that she said that they're gonna um if if they should win it. The mayor Jane Cassis said if they should win it, they they're, they're gonna name the city Tampa Bay. <laughs> I'm sure. You, and also, I want to make a point about um about about the Patriots. I know I love you know I told you I love the Patriots and the Wizards. I told you the Astros mm-hmm. and um. The thing about the Patriots, do you really think? I think they're going to go with Jared Stridham. A push comes to shove. I, what um, have you? I think I think that they should give the guy a chance. I don't know. I think it, Mike. That, that's a good call and that's a good point. I think that though, 
you have to think that Bill Belichick, with this whole quarterback carousel thing going on with all of these unhappy guys, which I think is ridiculous. First of all, let's get that off the bat. I don't care if you're Deshaun Watson. I don't care if you're whoever you are. I, I don't I don't like it. Okay? You sign a contract, you honor the contract, right? This is not the NBA. But with this whole quarterback thing going on, everybody's unhappy. I have to believe that Bill Belichick and the Patriots are in on one of these big-name you know, NFL already established guys. Who it is, I don't know. But I, I just, I can't see them rolling with Stidham again. The Cam Newton experiment did not work out. And Bill Belichick now has something to prove. You don't think he wants to get, be first in line for Deshaun Watson, however they could swing it. Or, or Russell Wilson, apparently he's unhappy too. Maybe he can swing that. I just don't think Stidham's going to be the guy. I usually like to tune in to, to different uh, cities' radio stations, but that is something I have not yet um, been tuned into. But just my, my spidey sense is telling me that Stidham, uh, I don't think so. Mick in Rocky Point, you're up on the fan. Hey, raise the flag, Danielle Brady. You just tied Robert Ory with seven rings. Yep. Put money in your pocket. But what's up with no ice cream cake? I don't know. I, I woke up. I, you know, I didn't have the party like I usually do which is always there, right? And then I woke up and I was like, I'm not going out in six inches of snow to maybe go to Sop and Shop and they won't have the cake. So <laughs> I didn't do it. I, You know, I failed this year. I hear you. What can I say? I okay, I just want to change it up for a second yeah. and ask your opinion on something. Mm-hmm. When we talk about uh, goats in the NBA, mm-hmm. they always talk about Jordan, James, James bigger and stronger, playing against Jordan's determination to refuse to lose. Uh, they never seem to bring up Bill Russell. Who won twelve? Who who played in the finals twelve out of thirteen years? Won eleven championships. Some people say, well, that's because there was only eight teams in the league. But if you look at the current NBA, and we played with just eight teams, we'd have super teams. We'd have teams like the Lakers and the Nets every single night. Mm-hmm. And this guy played against that for thirteen years. Also, point. out of the top 50, you know, the ESPN or whoever did that, the top 50 players of the NBA of all time, mm-hmm. well, 19 of them were in his era. So that's two and a half players a team, plus half of the starters then were all-time greats, and he won it every year. Yeah, Hall of Famer, five-time MVP, I mean... Uh, yeah, and, you're right. Uh, we so, never, we never even mentioned him. I know, I know. Maybe I mean, I don't, I, I don't know why. Maybe because he was a center. Maybe because he played before the three pointer was even a thing. I, I don't know. I make it. I think it's a good question, and I don't know, and I think it's a good point. Maybe because he didn't score like Jordan and them did. You know, he gave the ball to other people. Yep. He blocked shots. When, also, when he blocked shots, he blocked them to his players for fast breaks. Yeah. Instead of, but anyway, real quick, yeah. I just want your opinion on three things. To me, the greatest of all time basketball players, Russell. Baseball players, Ruth. Football players, Brady. Say you? Which ones? All right, Mick, thanks for the call. And we're going to hit the break in a few seconds there. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't like comparing players across different eras. I really don't. How, I mean, how could you really compare Babe Ruth and his like 10 pound bat versus like Mike Trout? You know, he came to my mind as you were talking. So I don't know if I like going there uh and i don't really want to open up this can of worms here but bill russell put some respect on his name for sure um greatest baseball player of all time i don't, I don't know i mean 
today's modern era. I mean, even the Hall of Fame votes are, are separated into modern era versus different eras. So, um, and, and football, I mean, I, I told you in the open, it's got to be quarter, quarterbacks anyway. Tom Brady, he is more, you know, I told you the stats all in the open. But again, that is comparing stats against guys in different generations. I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't like doing it. I know Brady gets a lot of calls, whereas maybe a guy like Joe Namath didn't get a lot of calls. So it is what it is. I think it's it's a generational thing, and I and I know that's like a cop out answer. And I always like to answer the questions directly, but this is just something I really just I don't know. I just don't know. I think it's more of a generational thing than an all time thing. Instead of the greatest of all time, it could be greatest of the generation. I think that title would would fit better, but that's just me. All right, we'll hit more of your calls after the break, 877-337-6666. We can finish up on the Super Bowl. We can hit on some Mets and Yankees pitchers and catchers reporting. And uh, if you're a big women's basketball fan, I give you the eyes emoji because the New York Liberty just made a really big deal. They pulled a big one off. Talk about that coming up after the break. Wanna get a mansion, a jacuzzi, a theater to watch my movies, couple whips and lots of fancy things. Welcome back to McCartan After Midnight. I got a tweet from at DJ Mills, and he said the Knicks won. Robinson didn't play 38 points between D. Rose and Quickly, and that seems to be the theme uh, of the Knicks um, as of recently, especially since Derrick Rose in his third game here in New York. Um, which is a really good thing to have. I actually, I knew Manuel Quickly was going to come up tonight. I actually... I really sound like a really big better, but I'm like really not. I just put like really good, like what I think are really good bets out there. I actually put on December 22nd, 22, I put at 7.41 a.m. I don't know what I was doing up so early that day, but uh, Emmanuel quickly, I put $5 on to win NBA Rookie of the Year to win 135. So um, I like it. Let's go quickly. Let's get him more minutes. He deserves it. The guy's on fire. He was still trending on Twitter, I think, when I left my house before. Um, yeah, so um, before we get back to the calls, and that's 877-337-6666. We've got Watson on the board here tonight. We've got J.J. Watt on the board here tonight. Mets and Yankees. Yankees pitchers are reporting tomorrow, the 15th, on this Valentine's Day here in New York City. I just wanted to give a, a quick Quick shout out. Last week, if you tuned into my pre-show check-in, you know that I did like an unboxing of sorts of a package that I got here in my mailbox at the station. And tonight, you'll see it You'll see it later, but tonight I'd like to point out that I'm wearing a Sarah Fuller jersey that was designed and sent to me by Bill B. in Paramus, New Jersey, my neck of the woods. Bill, it's a beautiful jersey. It's a women in sports concept that I cherish. And it's a very meaningful gift from a listener who obviously enjoys the show. So Bill B. and Paramus, thank you very much. I'll wear this jersey proudly. And as soon as this snow goes away, I'm going to get out there and wear it and, and kick some more field goals. Promise. That's a promise to you guys. All right, 877-337-6666. We go to Ben in Queens. You're on the fan. Morning there, Coach. Firstly, um, congrats to Tampa. You know how much that hurts me to say. Uh, not because of Tampa, because you know what, Bruce Arians, Bruce Arians is a saint in my house now, because mm-hmm. my mom didn't know. My dad kind of knew, but my mom went, that's his coaching staff? 
Yeah. Why are you rooting against them? Right. And and I'm just like, Tom Brady. No, come on. <laughs> come on. And you're t- come on. What he's talking about is the diversity on the coaching staff, obviously. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, firstly, as you bring up the Liberty mm-hmm. and stuff, which you're going to get into later, I got to give credit to Paige. Paige Buckers yeah. of UConn. Because mm-hmm. I'm going through, in my head, all the UConn stars of the past. And she managed to do something that none of them ever did. In a UConn game, or in a UConn season, score three straight games of 30 points or more. And I'm like, Paige Bird, (laughs) Stewart, Tarasi, none of them scored 30 in three straight games. I know. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. Yo, that, that that's awesome. And another one, and she had another moment today. Miss Osaka. Mm-hmm. It, and it's not for the court thing; it's for the butterfly thing. Is there another athlete today that could get away with that? That the the thing froze for about five minutes as she tried to usher this poor little butterfly away, so she didn't <laughs> hurt it. <laughs> You know, we we laugh all the time at well, there's a squirrel on the field. There there's a <laughs> there's a cat. Yeah. Oh, there's there's an unnamed animal running a dog. Here's a butterfly. Float a butterfly. like a butterfly, sting like a bee, man. I don't know what to say. You know, she she just kept on trying to guide it away. Um credit to to Kevin Cole Hamels was on my list for the Yankees as like a fourth or fifth starter possibility. But I forgot about the ERA thing. Ooh, but thank you for bringing that up. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, to Tony and Providence. Well, well the, uh, the, um, the ERA was for the other guy he mentioned. Cole Hamels. Oh. Yeah, no, no, it was for the other guy. Cole Hamels, uh, let me just look really quickly. I think it's 4.65 or something like that. He did for not 20... have a good... 2020, it was 8-1. Oh, it's worse than I thought. Oh, <laughs> 8-1. Let's see what his market value is. 3.9, I'd say no-go on that for me. Oh, maybe one year, $2 million. No, uh, I don't no. know if I'll take that, but yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, let's see. For Tony and Providence, Tony, listen. You're, you're making it like Kansas City didn't win the Super Bowl already. You know, yes, they got their butts beat. Yes, that team quit on Mahomes. Anybody who wants to argue that, Mahomes ran, and on those three scramble plays, Mahomes ran like 95 yards well, and, yeah. and had the balls catchable. Yeah, a lot of them were catchable, and that was the thing that no one really brings up, so good for you, Ben. Okay, so, so you know what? The, the, like I like I told Lori, that rest of the team had to go back in that rock room, look that kid in the eye, and apologize. The line, of course, because they nearly got him killed. All right, but but his receivers, Kelsey, I love you, man. You didn't help him. Hill, Williams, yeah, you all had to look at that kid in the eye and say we let you down. Now I'm not saying Kansas City would have beat them if they did that because Tampa outclassed, outplayed, outplanned them. But they wouldn't have gotten blown out of the joint. That's mm-hmm. the problem. Yeah. Um uh quickly, uh to Mitchell, good luck, heal up, man. 
heal up. I, I, I love the dude's passion. He's uh, totally improved the Knicks. He's improved from la- last season how he looked. So just keep on fighting, kid. Keep on fighting. Get back there out on the court. And I'll leave you with this. Fudgy the whale. <laughs> I know you like <laughs> football, but but you ask anybody about their Carvel cake. It's Fudgy the whale. That's a good one, too. You know, there you go. That's a good but, one, too, Ben. But, but thanks for the time. And next week, we'll see what we can do offensively because I'm still waiting for my Yankees to do something besides DJ, you know, could help help an offense out here, you know, help a brother out. Anyway, thanks for the time, Coach. Of course, Ben. Talk to you next week. And Paige Bukers, by the way, who, who the basketball player is from UConn, freshman, freshman guard. She's a stud. If you don't know the name, you will. You will know the name. Coming up. We head down to Florida. Mike in West Palm Beach. You're on the fan. Buongiorno, professore Danielle. Coach, buongiorno. <laughs> Buona mattina. Grazie, grazie, prego, prego. Uh, <laughs> you know, shout out to Pat. I was talking to him, and I'm sure you heard this, Danielle. You know, I, I tuned in a little early, got up early. Chris's show. You know, I, I played ball against Mike. I was at his retirement party. I say hello to Chris. Uh, but but that one call, it was too much, man. You know, just like uh, bashing. Uh, but that's live theater. That's, that's live theater. <laughs> what can I say? Uh, you know, uh, Carvel Cake. <laughs> Look at this. Uh, <laughs> When I was a kid, the commercial would be, hello, I'm Tom Carvel. Please come to one of my stores. Uh, it's, it's funny. I would have loved uh, on Super Bowl Sunday, uh, this Italian uh, chili. You went with Carvel, and you also went for uh, a moderate bet that you, you touched all the bases. You touched them all. $35 you bet, right? Mm-hmm. 700 and change you won. Mm-hmm. So, uh, great stuff. Um, you know, a, a few more things to say, Danielle. Um, uh, the L.A. Dodgers, the female that, that works for the Dodgers, there's another case of, of, of a, a class act female uh, doing her job, being harassed. It just, it's never ending. It, it's never ending. Another? Do- uh, I didn't hear that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. She, she, I just read a piece uh, two days ago. Uh, I'm looking at yesterday's post right now. Um, you know, but, uh, oh yeah, it's, it's still going on. Um, and a few other things, you know, uh, Derek Jeter, class act of of all the captains in the history of the Yankees. I met him about 25 years ago. Unfortunately, there's no ceremony, uh, indoors. Yeah. And, uh, you had a, you had a call before Daniel also, uh, you, you can't, you know the greatest uh, baseball player, basketball player, football. You, you can't, you can't, um, uh, you can't equate from one era to another. You, you can't do it because there were so many great players. You know, um, uh, I'm looking forward to. I was telling Pat, pitchers and catchers, uh, spring training. If they allow some people in the stadium, uh, I'm sure they will. Yeah, they will. But, They're going to. Yeah, minimum capacity though. Yeah, you know, popcorn, peanuts, cracker jacks. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what, Daniel, uh, I always get to my point, try to make it quick. Uh, some people drone on that's live theater, whatever. Uh, you still got it going on. And, uh, Oh, before I forget, you made the team boomers team. 
and I hope you kick some serious butt on the diamonds. Yeah, you know, you, you know Mike, uh, and I I, uh, I hear all this conversation going on here about the, about the softball team, some lineups being proposed on Twitter, and uh, I don't find myself in it. I'm wondering where my name is in all these lineups and, and, and conversations, you know. Yeah, I got you. Well, you should be because of your resume, Coach. Um, you know, I, I'll make this one last point. I said it before. You know, I, I played some decent ball and others, uh, high school, summer ball, college ball. People that never play the game, they don't know how tough it is. You have no clue. The toughest thing to do, hit a round ball with a round back. Mm-hmm. And if you're playing hard ball, you've got six tenths of one second to make up your mind if you're going to take the pitch or if you're going to swing. Yep. Snowfall, 45 feet, I don't have to tell you, you know, it's probably less than that. With with fast pitch softball, yeah, I, I think it, it equates to a sixty five mile an hour softball pitch is the same as a ninety ninety five mile an hour baseball pitch. So yeah, same, yeah. same. But all right, uh, Danielle, enjoy uh, the leftover Carvel and uh, Pat. You know, I'm sure there'll be more lasagna coming your way from uh, Danielle's mom. <laughs> we can only hope. Blue <laughs> <laughs> shot. Where's my drumsticks, uh, Coach? You got it going on, and you got, uh, let's see if I can think of the right word. Oh, yeah. You got serious mojo behind a microphone, okay? <laughs> Mike, you, la- you make me laugh every week. I'll talk to you next <laughs> week. Thank you. <laughs> next week, Dana. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Oh, that makes me laugh every single week. I'm not sure why. Um, but, no, I, I, I never ended up getting the Carvel cake, actually. Um, you know, as, as he was talking, I kind of looked up uh, this this new Dodgers thing, and how did this get lost in, in the, the shuffle here? Alana Rizzo faced unwelcome advances from former Dodgers players. Three players in her six seasons with the team. It's just, come on. I'll, I'll finish reading the article on, on the uh, during the update here. But, uh, yeah, it's enough is enough, right? Enough is enough with all that. So, uh, will, should J.J. Watt join any of our teams? Three-time AP Defensive Player of the Year. Tied with, for the most all-time, Lawrence Taylor and Aaron, Aaron Donald for that award. 101 sacks since entering the NFL in 2011. Second over that span, only behind Von Miller. In that same time period, he's got 298 quarterback hits and sacks. No one else has more than 230, by the way. Five-time first-team All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler, one of eight players voted unanimously to the 2010s All-Decade team, which were out of the 2010s, kind of crazy. 2017 Walter Payton Man of the Year, as you know, for his work restoring Houston after the hurricane. And he missed a majority of the 16, 17, and 19 seasons, despite all that. According to Pro Football Focus, he's been in the top nine in his position in all of the other seasons, including in 2019 as well. I think he played, I think it was seven or eight games that season. He was the best at his position in 2013 and 14. Yeah, he could be on the decline, but in 2020, he played over 1,000 snaps. And he was Pro Football Focus's seventh highest graded edge defender this entire season. Over the past five years, from the interior position on the line, which, uh, let's be honest, the Jets and the Giants both need some production out of, Watt has racked up nearly 80 more pressures than any other player in the NFL in his first five years in the league. Do I still think he's a good player? Absolutely. 
But I think he would excel in a situation where he does not have to carry the entire load. You know what I'm saying? He's not the the premier guy anymore. He's a complimentary sort of defensive lineman. So does J.J. Watt fit on either of our New York Jets or New York Giants? Considering his first five seasons, he never missed a game. He was elite. And he's still productive. Can they afford him is the question. He's due just about $17.5 million this season. The last on his current contract. You got to think a guy like that, the career he's had, like James Harden, the the illustrious um, individual accolades that he's collected over the years. He's ring chasing. Just like James Harden is ring chasing, so is J.J. Watt. He would want to be signing with a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And as I outlined in my open from earlier in the show, both our Jets and Giants are not exactly in that position just yet. The Jets could definitely afford him, but they are not close to winning a Super Bowl. The Giants, as their roster is currently constructed, cannot afford him. And the, even the Bills, as their roster... Danielle McCartney. Welcome in to hour two of McCartan After Midnight. McCartan in the morning here on this Valentine's Day in the very frigid New York City. Just want to give a quick shout out to all of the um, the salt spreaders that are out there right now. Saw a bunch of them on the way in, had to pass one on the highway. You never know what to do with them. You, you try to like, I tried to go into like the shoulder a little bit so it didn't spray the car. But if you're working overtime tonight and you got me tuned in on the fan, Awesome. Keep doing the good fight here because it is very icy out out there, you guys. So be careful. Go slow. And um, you guys keep it locked in on, on those salt spreader trucks. There's a lot of them out there. Yeah, I slipped and ate it um, you two fell? weeks ago. Yeah, coming out of my apartment. Actually dropped my keys into the snow. Couldn't find them for oh. like two hours. Oh, my God. That's bad. That's terrible. You need some salt. Yeah. Well, yeah, I needed some salt. Yeah. Do you was, have it now? I was also salty. <laughs> Do you have the, the salt now? Well, it was the day after, like, we got the giant snowstorm. Oh. And our management company sent guys to shovel, like, a day and a half late. Brutal. Brutal. Yeah. Anyway, did you guys see there's a viral post? I don't know if you saw it, but quickly, then we'll get back to your calls. 877-337-6666. Appreciate it. Always, right? A viral post, maybe you've seen it. It says, I met the Super Bowl streaker at a restaurant while having lunch before leaving Tampa. He bet $50,000 on a prop bet at plus 750 that there would be a streaker at the Super Bowl. His buddy went first out as a diversion, and he didn't get caught as quickly as his friend. It cost him $1,000 to get out of jail, so he cleared $374,000 on the bet. So the guy bet on himself to do it. Do you think it's true? And if so, how is that going to change sports books? Because I could bet, <laughs> I could bet that we're never going to see that prop bet again. And since the secret is now out, obviously, I'm sure any of the leagues do not want to incentivize that behavior. If it is not true, it's just a good story for us all. But if it is true, good for that guy, right? Three hundred seventy-four thousand dollars. I mean, 
I would bet the house on $50,000 if I knew I was going to be the one doing it. I mean, he did it classly, too. He kept all of his clothes on, actually. So good for him, I guess, if it's true. And if it's not, hey, I hope you got a laugh out of that. Let's go to, hey, Steve in North Carolina. You're back this week, Steve. What's going on, Danielle? How you doing? I'm good. How are you, Steve? Good. Two quick things before I get to my two points. Uh, Mike in Florida, you want your drumsticks, baby? Well, I got them for you, pal, because I'm a fellow drummer. And number two, again, congratulations on your bet. $770 later, go box. <laughs> Let's go box. Raise the flag. Told you. I told you uh, last week. You said it. And they did it, and on to the Super Bowl. My goodness, what a thrashing by the Buccaneers defense on Patrick Mahomes and the the inflicted Kansas City Chiefs offensive line. I knew that that was going to be a huge storyline into that game yep. because I knew with the offensive line being depleted as they were that the Buccaneers were going to smell blood, and that's why I picked them to win that game because I said, mm-mm. Even though Patrick Mahomes might be great as he is at his age at 25 years old, winning a Super Bowl previously in the previous season in 2019-2020, if you don't have an offensive line protecting your star quarterback, you're not going to get anywhere. Well, Mike, I mean, Mike, I got Mike on my mind. Steve, if you're here in New York, you know, if you watch Sam Darnold, if you watch Daniel Jones, you know that. We all know that here in New York. I, I, well, I, right. I would like to think everybody knows that here in New York. Some people still don't get it. Some people think that just having Deshaun Watson come to the Jets is going to be the savior and bring him to the Super Bowl. It's not going to happen. And you bring up Deshaun Watson. That's my next point. This guy wants to trade out of Houston. Why? Because nothing is going your way. If I'm the Houston Texans, I'm saying to him, no, sir, you've signed an extension to be with our team. I know that the times are tough, my friend, but you will play with the Texans whether you like it or not. Because let's face it, some of the greatest quarterbacks, some of the greatest basketball players, some of the greatest baseball players around the league have played with horrible teams and stuck it out. And sometimes down the road, they found success with a with their organizations. You know, as you're talking, Mike Trout just came to mind. He's stuck on a perennial team that, that never seems to to make any sort of dent in the in the postseason. And that's what just came to my mind. You don't see him demanding a trade out of there. He signed his deal, a lot of money deal, no. just like Watson did, and he's he's sticking there. That's it. Right, and the thing that also drives me crazy, you know, you know, with the Mets, uh, with this, uh, with the uh, Trevor Bauer, is the fact that this guy, even though I like the way he used social media, the way he did by teasing people, but he goes to the Dodgers, knowing that they just won the World Series a previous season ago, and on this past Thursday on our Nation Sports Show, we went on a rant about this guy because this guy just took the easy way out to hopefully, by God, win a championship with the Dodgers. Yeah. And we basically said, look, dude, you know, I gave an example like Kevin Durant going to the Golden State Warriors for those seasons, winning two NBA championships. And I said on that show Thursday night that he took the fun for me out of basketball for a little bit because these super teams in the NBA, it's getting old. Yeah, I I don't like it either. I'm not a fan of these super teams. I really am not. It's like if you don't have – and Steve, thanks for the call. And you touched on two things. One, the super teams – and I don't like it, and it's starting to infiltrate the NFL, and I don't like it. Um, I'm with you on that. Um, 
it's just if you don't have, you know, the you know, the big two or even the big three, you know, air quotes there for the Brooklyn Nets, you're just non competitive. You're never gonna win um you're never gonna win the title. And you just gotta wait and hope and and hope that your team ends up landing one that'll attract more. That's the first thing. And and I love how you touched on the, the social media engagement of Trevor Bauer. Um I like it. I do. I do like how he engages with his fans. I engage with my listeners on social media quite regularly, <laughs> quite often, I should say. And um, I like it. I like the level of engagement, the, the, the accessibility to a player. I do. Where it got a little cheesy for me was was the video, the announcement video. That was a little cheesy to me. Um, I don't know. I and, and I don't like the trolling of the Mets fans. And he did issue an apology. And if you're a Mets fan, did you believe the apology? Because to me, it's it sounded it sounded sincere to me. Actually, he explained what happened with the hat mix up that two contests went live and they shouldn't have. Um, that's almost like when I schedule posts sometimes. So if I don't respond, it's probably a scheduled post. Sometimes it happens. You know, sometimes you you post something that you don't mean to post and, and, and schedule it. So I, I kind of believe him on, on that front. I kind of really do. And then I, I saw this from uh, Ian Rappaport regarding uh, Deshaun Watson. Um, it says, well, it says Watson's dissatisfaction does not have to do with the team hiring Casiero as the GM per Rappaport, but rather the fact that Watson's role in the hiring process was not as substantial as he believed it would be. Hmm. Watson reportedly provided input on, this is from Ian Rappaport, uh, potential GM candidates, though none of them were considered or consulted. Oh, that's according to Adam Schefter. Sorry, that second one. So Schefter says that Watson reportedly provided input on uh, potential GM candidates, though none of them were considered or consulted. Watson was also not informed that Casiero would be hired, and he found out about the decision on social media. Give me a break. Give me a break. Terry! In Amenia, you are on the fan. Good morning. How are you, Terry? Congratulations to the Imperatrice. Ah, grazie, grazie. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you also for i quattro stagioni. You liked it, right? I, I, Tony, uh, Terry, I was thinking about you when I picked <laughs> that this week. I had to tell you. I have to include it on my classical music podcast this week. There you go. And I will play the first recording of it which was made in Rome in 1941. Look at that. See that? Terry, I did it for you. I, I really did. I said, you know I what? I'm going to play it for him. I, I hope he's listening this week. That. I said when I heard it, I said, I think I know who that's intended for. Yeah, there you for. go. It was for you. Now, let's talk a little bit of baseball. I am so glad that I can root for the Mets again. Yeah. I the Mets are back. Stop. The Mets are great again. That's, I had to stop. I was publicly insulted what happened? by Jeff Wilbon. What happened? I was at an alumni function for the elementary school in Greenwich, Connecticut that his children went to. Okay. I have an American League team and I have a National League team. Mm -hmm. I was wearing, just happened to be, the cap from my American League team. Is it the Yankees? No. Who is it? Red Sox. Oh, God. Okay. I lived in Rhode Island for a number of years, mm -hmm. and my accountant was the accountant for the Paw Sox. Okay. That was how I got hooked. Okay. Okay? Now, this past year, I couldn't vote for them.
because of the cheating scandal. Mm-hmm. So I rooted for the Rays. Um, I had a run-in with George Steinbrenner, which eradicated my, if you will, loyalty to the Yankees. You see, I happen to have two interesting pieces of Yankee memorabilia. Mm-hmm. He demanded that I turn them over to him. What? He didn't offer to buy them. What? He's a bully. He was a bully. Generous to charity, but a bully. Anyway, to come back to the Mets, I was wearing the Red Sox cap. Wilpon walks up to me in front of dozens of people and said, take that goddamn thing off. No way. Yep. This is Mets country. I looked at him and I said, you piece of bleep. John Whitney Payson was one of my father's closest friends. You are not a Payson. And that, I left that night and I said, I cannot root for this team again until the ownership changes. Yeah, well, I wouldn't either. If they, you know, if, if the owner and, said that to me, I would not either. So, yeah. anyway, as we know, Steve Cohen, Mr. Cohen has taken over the team, Mm -hmm. and it's going to be a great team again. It's going to be fun. Yeah, that it will be, especially if we can get into the stadium. Which it hasn't been for decades, because these people, pardon my language... Uh Uh-oh, be careful there, Terry. I might have to drop you. I'll be careful. (laughs) These people were so tight that when they passed wind, only the dogs could hear it. They were just flat out cheap. Yeah. Flat well, they're gone, cheap. Terry. The dawn of a new day. Um, Thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad your your Mets fandom I, is restored. <laughs> Let's go, Mets. <laughs> Terry. You be well, dear. I'll call you next week. All right. We'll talk next week, Terry. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> uh, Terry is also a very big fan of uh, classical music and things like that. So uh, I did. I, I really did include that for him. I thought. To myself, he's going to really like it. I hope he's listening. I really did. Um, but yeah, the, the, you know, the Mets, the Mets are, it's a dawning of a new day for the Mets. And if you're a Mets fan and you're kind of like hung up on the fact that, well, nah, they didn't get Trevor Bauer. Listen, you dodged a bullet on Trevor Bauer, Mets fans. You really did. I mean, the guy is getting paid $40 million in 2021. Higher than three teams' entire projected payrolls. Those teams being the Indians, the Pirates, and the Orioles. Like, what? One player? More than any of those teams combined? And and the caller before, yeah. Sounds like he's chasing a ring, isn't it? You know what that means to me? That means he's going to opt out. He's going to pro- potentially win a ring, opt out, and ask for a raise somewhere else. He totally used the Mets as leverage to get that $40 million from the Dodgers. And did you see this? He said... In a tweet, Dodgers fans, I love you already. I'm excited to meet you all and interact with you, which is such a lie because the next breath he says, I love signing autographs for fans, but please have some respect for my personal space when I'm at my house or hotel. (laughs) It's not okay to follow me through the hotel demanding that I sign. So do you love them already? Are you really excited to meet them all and interact with them? Because it doesn't sound like you are. I mean, how full of yourself 
Could you possibly be Trevor Bauer? They wouldn't have to follow you if you just did it to begin with, right? They'd see you in the lobby. They wouldn't have to follow you to your room. And then the Mets acting GM, Zach Scott, was asked about his social media presence, Bowers, and how and if it affected into the the Mets' pursuit of him. And I'm paraphrasing, but he said, I'm hesitant to, this is a direct quote, I'm hesitant to talk about a player who just signed with another club. This is paraphrasing now. Those things are important to talk through with a player directly sometimes. We have to do our due diligence in getting to the bottom of those matters. And this is a direct quote again. That's a process that we do with anybody. So, uh, Trevor Bauer, I don't think you would have cut it here in New York. You can't take the pressure in L.A. You're definitely not going to take the pressure here in New York. And maybe some other pitchers are on the radar for the Mets and Yankees, whether that be a starting pitcher, whether that be a relief pitcher, uh, and whether that could be via trade or via free agency. What do you got for us, Mets and Yankees fans? I'm Danielle McCartan on the fan. Here's a quick little pause, and we'll get more of your calls after it. Oh, we got a different different part of the song here. Tiamo. Welcome back to McCartney After Midnight on this Giorno di San Valentino, St. Valentine's Day here in New York City. This is the Umberto Tozzi legend, Tiamo. Pat Boyle slid into my DMs during the commercial break and he said, did you see that? Did you see what I just sent you in your DM? I said, no, I didn't see it. Go ahead, Pat. Tell him. <laughs> you got to be careful throwing around that that language. <laughs> slid into your DMs as if <laughs> you slide in someone's DMs. You're you're trying to you know. They know. They know. Oh, well, because well, because what I'm about to read then makes it sound like I really <laughs> slid in your DMs. I just wanted to. I sent. I saw something hilarious that I saw. You know those. Valentine's Day cards. When you're a kid and everybody gets one in elementary school and you got to fill them out with everybody's name and you drop in their the brown bag on their desks. Every, yeah. Yeah, so I right. saw a great one. And this is, I think, stemming off of the Wendy's roast of the Tampa Bay Rays the other day. I saw one, uh, one of the Valentine's Day cards with uh, Kevin Cash. Did you just throw 73 pitches? Because I'm trying to take you out. <laughs> and, of course, that is in regards to the Blake Snell thing which I just had up. Here it is. So two days ago, it was, uh, and it was good, Pat. Good find there. Uh, Wendy said, it's time for everybody's uh, favorite made-up social media holiday. It's National Roast Day. This was two days ago. Then the Tampa Bay uh, Rays said, go ahead, Wendy, roast us. So Wendy's wrote, we're surprised you didn't pull your social media manager in the middle of writing that great tweet. (laughs) Obviously alluding to the Blake Snell being yanked in the playoff game, the questionable yanking of Blake Snell. And again, this is players interacting on social media. We were just talking about Blake Snell wrote, yo, with the two eyes and a laughing face. And it got close to 66,000 likes, me being one of them. I thought that was hilarious. It's awesome. See, the engagement like that is awesome. So um, good little little segment there on this Valentine's Day. Let's go back to the phones, 877-337-6666. In the order that you guys called, as always, Vernon in Manhattan, you're up. Hey, Daniel, how you doing? I'm good, Vernon. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, did you see the Michael Jackson video that I talked about halftime show? Oh, no, I left it on, on my tabs, open on my tabs in my phone. All right, so I didn't. Lovely. I'm not going to lie. I didn't. <laughs> no need to talk about it. I'm not okay. a good liar. That's one thing you guys have to know about me. I am not a good liar. <laughs> okay, your baseball quiz question for today. Okay. All right, we're going to Babe Ruth, the king of SWAT. 
what position did this player did not like to play? Was it a pitcher? Yes. I knew that. I did know that. You know, Vernon, speaking of like elementary school and those Valentine's Day cards, I did do like a book report or some sort of report on Babe Ruth. And I and I know a lot about Babe Ruth because of that. It was like third grade. I'm so interested in him. Yes, he pitched. He hated it. I knew that. Yeah, he hated it. Um, the thing was it kept him out of the game between four to five games, and he just didn't like it. Mm-hmm. But he was a very, very good pitcher. So let's go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, first of all, let's go to the guy who made that bet streaking. The story is true. Um, I'm surprised you didn't play that uh, voice video that's so funny when he was running down the field and the announcer was oh, talking. Yeah. <laughs> did you see, <laughs> Vernon, did you see him break a tackle? He broke the tackle. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Good for him. He really got his money's worth, that guy. I mean, he had the, the two security guards run into each other like defensive backs. It was awesome. He did a spin move and everything. But why did he take a dive before the goal line? He had a score. Yeah, that's, that, that's what Kirk uh, uh, Water said. He said, you get that first. You stop at the front line, give it to the end zone. I man. know. Give it to the end zone. He took a slide, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the thing was, as he was running, his pants did get pulled out. As a matter of fact, he was wearing shorts. Yes. His shorts did get pulled down, and only he was wearing a thong. I know. So, um, <laughs> but he, he did win that money. Now, if I was him, I would have kept my mouth shut because now it was the money coming in under the table or was this coming in on a check? Yeah. If that happens, uh-huh. guess who comes in? <laughs> Uncle Sam. It's tax season. Uncle Sam. He went to money. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you see that video of Tom Brady throwing the trophy oh, yeah. to another boat? Guess what? Uh, what? The, one of the, the PR people that hooked me up with Steve McClendon last week, she took one of the videos that went literally viral across, like, all of the platforms. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I saw it. <laughs> he was drunk. Yeah, I like, no. Tom, I like Tom, Tampa Bay Tom. I think he's fun. Yeah. <laughs> now, this, this is my question. Was that the trophy that's given to the team, or did he have another trophy? I don't know. It looked like the real one to me. I don't know. Yeah, see, the thing is, I own one. Um, you can buy them, um, but you have to buy them from a licensed person. And I can't tell the company, can't tell you the company because it's like advertising. But I did buy it when I was in um, Las Vegas, Nevada. It took two months to build that trophy. What? Yes, it did. It, it takes a, a month just to build the ball, the football. And there's another attachment and another attachment. So that's why it takes so long. I do have it in the home. I'm a huge glass case. I had three things put on there. Super Bowl one, Super Bowl two, and Super Bowl thirty one of the Green Bay Packers. So if you want one, you can buy it, but it's gonna cost you a lot of money. Hmm. Email me. <laughs> Tell me where to I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm actually intrigued. You want me to announce the, the place? Uh could we Pat, are we allowed to? <laughs> okay. Can we? It's, it's can we announce? Wait, wait. Let me let me ask Pat. Pat, can we announce the company that makes them on the air? I don't see why not. Okay, Vernon. What's the name of the company? I'm gonna Google it. Okay, the, the company is not the company, but the name of the place that I bought it from is called the Gallery of Legends, and is located wait, in. I know this place. This is the one that hosts Pete Rose all the time, right? 
Yeah, and, yeah. And Jerry Rice all the time in the autograph store. I know this place. Yeah. Okay. I've been so there. Now, okay, so now I was there in Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah. I went in and I said to the guy, I said, how can anyone you sell a Super Bowl trophy? And I said, that's illegal. He said, he looked at me with a smile on his face. He says, we have approved license mm. to sell it. So I wow. bought it. Yeah, cool. It cost me a ton of money. He thought I was enough. I was paid for it. But I paid for it all in one, one shot. So it's home. I'm proud of it. Very and cool. Yes. Well, then, so gonna... yeah, the, Vernon. The next time I'm there, I go to Vegas a lot. So the next time I'm there, I'm definitely going to go in there and ask him about about any sort of Super Bowl trophy. I know exactly yeah, where that place me. is. I know it. All right, so go ahead and check it out. <laughs> yeah, I will. So, so before I leave, I'm going to leave you these famous words: "Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee." These are the words of Muhammad Ali. Vernon, See you, you next week. You're a poet, and you didn't even know it, Vernon. Thank you for that. I, I got the trivia question right before you even finish the question. I, I did a book report on – see, I don't know why I didn't get into this sports stuff sooner, but I did a book report on Babe Ruth. I know a lot about George Herman Ruth. I did a book report on Phil Sims. I actually dressed up as Phil Sims once for a presentation. We had to do like, you know, those like trifold like cardboard things, and you had to dress up. It was like a – what's that called? Like a mannequin, like a wax museum. It was a wax museum project for Mrs. Budge's fourth grade class, and I dressed up as Phil Sims. Um, yeah, I can go on and on about the book reports that I've done. What, what was another one? I wrote a book. I found it recently during quarantine. I wrote uh, a book, you know, paper fastened and everything and laminated cover, and the title was The Football Player's Head Got Stuck in His Helmet. And it was a story that I wrote about how Instead of putting glue to fix, no, instead of putting, uh, yeah, glue to fix the pads, to mount the pads onto the inside of the helmet because it wasn't fitting snugly enough, they put the glue on the outside and it got stuck on his head. This is like first grade me writing this story. Like, why didn't I get into this sooner, mom and dad? I don't know. If you're listening, text me, mom, dad. So yeah, always had an interest in this. Always, obviously. Uh, Let's go back to the phones. 877-337-6666. Timmy, Tim in East Haven, you are on the fan. Happy Valentine's Day, Coach. You too, Tim. I know you got your notes ready, so let's do it. What do you got for me tonight? Oh, my God. But I, I'm following Vern. Every time he stumps me, holy cow. Did he stump you tonight? I finally got one. The, not the question. I didn't know he did not like the pitch. But the whole Super Bowl trophy buying that thing kind of oh. really like threw me for a loop. <laughs> me too, kind of. But it's okay. It's a good story. Mm. But your caller, Steve, hit it right on the head. The whole Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, I'm, I'm unhappy. Enough is We're enough. We're making $40 million a year. I want say in personnel. This is not the NBA, mm-hmm. okay? Focus on winning championships because a 43-year-old just whooped your guy's butts, right? Yeah. If you want say in personnel, retire. Become a GM. Yep. Go in the front office. I, I don't want to hear it. Run the offense. Just do your job. Yep. Totally. I'm okay. with you. Okay. And you don't Brother think, Tim, Kevin, Tim you don't think that Deshaun Watson is going to be disgruntled here in New York and take the opt-out after two years? He obviously is going to. Right? Are we really doing opt-outs in the NFL, too? Yeah, I know. That's the other thing. I know. I know. I mean, the super team killed me from the NBA. I don't even watch the NBA. I don't even follow the NBA. Oh, LeBron James won another championship. Great. 
I know. <laughs> like next. I know. <laughs> Thank you. Next. That's an Ariana Grande song. We can do that too. We could play songs all night. <laughs> <laughs> Brother and Kevin and Camden, be patient with our New York Rangers. They're young. They're 18 and 19 years old. But I do have a problem with the coach. He's a college coach at best. You can look it up. Give me a college anything that has serious success in the NHL. Ooh, shots fired. Shots fired. Give me a, the last college coach that won an NCAA championship was David Hochstel. He coached the Philadelphia Flyers. He was let go after three seasons, and they brought in AV Ranger fans, Adam Vigneault. And how are they doing now? They look a heck of a lot better than we do. Okay? Yeah. Getting back to the college game, it doesn't translate to the NHL. All right? The last Hart Trophy winner that actually attended college. Can anyone name him? I can't. This is another trivia question, but I, I cannot. 1991, Brett Hull. Wow. And he had a cup of coffee in college. Wow. It was like two seasons, and he totally dominated. Didn't belong in college. He was at the University of Duluth, Minnesota. Ridiculous. Stop with the, the college coaches. My other rant is this. MLB, we've gotten so lazy. Really, seven innings for a game, a doubleheader. We can't play nine anymore. Um, what? Uh, runner on second. What are we doing? My father plays in a league in Florida. He's 85 years old where they have like a second first base. So there's no <laughs> collisions or anything. I, know, yeah. I mean, the, the little orange what are we one? doing? <laughs> mm. Tim, I got to give anyway, you most sorry. of it. But that, that last one, though, the only reason why they're doing that is because of the, the COVID protocols and, and everything and, the, and trying to maintain the health of pitchers, uh, or, you know, over – you're not going to have, like, I guess they're just trying to prevent, like, a 13-inning game, you know, back-to-back, things like that for pitchers. Because the games are going to be probably, they're anticipating them to be so squished together again. That's the only thing. Oh, my God. Oh, you just hit it on the head, too. And, and Trevor Bowers definitely not tough enough for New York. No way. Enjoy him, L.A., because he is a bonafide baby. <laughs> <laughs> bonafide you guys baby. the bullet for sure. Um <laughs> One other thing, are we really doing $600 a ticket at the Nets games? Yeah, that's another thing I wanted to talk about. Is that confirmed? I did hear them talking about it on a day show there, or Carton and Roberts. Yeah, you know, Tim, I I didn't hear it on the show, but that was one thing I did want to check coming into the show tonight, and I totally forgot. Uh, Brooklyn Nets tickets, I'm just looking up. Yeah, they have no home games listed right now. So I don't know if anybody's a Nets season ticket holder or any of the season ticket holders of the fans or of the teams that are going to be allowing fans. Please give me a call tonight because I have I have some questions for you. Some some uh, I'm some research. curious what our Knicks and Rangers are going for. Well, Rangers are expensive anyway. Regular time. <laughs> I know. I don't know why we haven't won in so long. <laughs> ah, it's the garden. It's the allure of the garden. <laughs> hey, it's good to be back. I'm glad to talk to you, and uh, hopefully we'll talk next week. Yeah, Tim, I, I hope so. Thanks for the call. Thanks Th- for picking up the phone. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, all good points there. And, and I did get a tweet from from Don Hines Jr., and uh, he wants to, me to mention to you guys that the daughter of the Lombardi trophy maker wants Tom Brady to apologize for throwing it from the yacht. Why? Shut up. Just shut up. <laughs> Just shut up. 
He's got so many of them. It doesn't even matter. Does it matter? Is it disrespectful? Well, then I'd hate to see uh, with the owner of the uh, the hockey trophy. I can't think of it. The Stanley Cup. Duh. I can't. I whoever made the Stanley Cup. I wonder if they're if they're thinking the same thing because what has been done to that cup is nothing as compared to what's been done to uh, to Tom Brady's launch of the uh, the Lombardi Trophy, which was caught by the way by Cameron Brady. So there you go. All right, more of your calls after the break, 877-337-6666. I appreciate you guys hanging in there, and I will get to you on the other side of this short break. Mama, please don't worry about me. Start off your Valentine's Day this morning with a little baseball love. It's Susan Waldman and Howie Rose talking Yankees and Mets from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. as we get you ready for pitchers and catchers reporting to Tampa and Port St. Lucie in just a few days. It's all from your flagship station for New York baseball, The Fan, Sports Radio 1019, WFAN-FM, and streaming on your smart speaker, mobile device, laptop, Top and tablet, WFAN.com. Welcome back to McCartan After Midnight here on the fan in New York City. I just quickly, before I get back to your calls, I've just put up a poll. On my Twitter, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. I always like the short polls because I always like like the instant gratification. My question is, would you go to a game in New York that follows the guidelines? And I tagged him, at Governor Cuomo has put forth. Answers are yes or no. That's it. You've got 12 minutes to get in. So, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. On Wednesday, Cuomo announced, or Governor Cuomo announced, that sports arenas will open for fans Soon, I'm paraphrasing this, he says, um, stadiums and arenas seating greater than 10,000 people can host fans at 10% capacity starting February 23rd. In order to go to a game, you're going to have to wear a mask, sit socially distanced from other parties, and provide results of a negative PCR test taken within 72 hours of attending the game. And you'd have to think that the New Jersey Devils are not far behind. Murphy and Cuomo seem to be playing leapfrog with each other's policies throughout this entire pandemic. So Devils fans, hang in there. I'm sure it's coming soon. But I looked at the New York teams. On that 23rd, starting on the 23rd, the Nets have a home game and the Knicks have a home game. The Islanders have to wait till uh, Thursday, February 25th. The Rangers have to wait till Friday, the 26th. And then, of course, with baseball season just around the corner, City Field or, or the Mets opening day at City Field. Oh, well, let me go in order. The Yankees opening day at Yankee Stadium is April 1st. Mets opening day at City Field is April 8th. So, by the way, I tweeted asking if anybody wanted to go to a game with me. But as I understand it, it's based on season tickets. And I don't have season tickets for any team. So you're going to need them. Maybe we can get a contest in the works around here or something like that. I cannot wait to get back to a game. So the poll is up. And just the last event in person that I attended was the U.S. Women's National Game in Newark. I look back, March 8th, 2020. So it was like so long ago. I actually covered the event um, for the fan, and that was a game, if you remember it, Julie Ertz netted the game winner. We talked about Zach Ertz. But Julie Ertz netted the game winner as time pretty much expired, and actually Zach was sitting in, in the suites above me, right behind me. Really cool. I also got to interview all of them after the game. Tobin Heath, Julie Ertz. Tobin Heath remembered me, by the way. Julie Ertz, Megan Rapino, Carly Lloyd, 
all of them. Awesome experience. So I just can't wait to get back to a game. So at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N is the poll. Would you go to a game based on those requirements that Governor Cuomo has put forth? We've got 10 minutes left in the poll right now. No is leading. That's a, that's a surprise, actually. That's a surprise. All right, so we got uh, 10 more minutes in that. We'll get back to that. Okay, all right, back to the phones. 877-337-6666. Miriam in Forest Hills. How you are, are you? on the fan. Miriam, I'm so happy to see a woman's name on the board. How I'm are you? I'm happy because the Islanders won tonight. <laughs> the Islanders won a big game tonight. Yeah, Not beat, just a regular game. Mm-hmm. They beat Boston. They're six points behind them in the standings. Mm-hmm. They're going to play Buffalo Monday, Tuesday. Those were the games they didn't play last week because there was snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they got snowed out. Uh, the band who called about the Rangers... You have to understand, when you have young defensemen and young forwards, the system takes time to develop. It's not one year. It takes two or three years for it really to develop. Which is true, yes. And the Islanders had Barry Trotz helping. But David Quinn is a good college coach. College coaches usually have different systems than pro coaches. Mm-hmm. So you have to decide how it's going to work. Yeah, and, and someone, it brings up the question, too, like even in football, like, is the goal of college coaches to prepare the players for the next level or to do the best system for their situation? Well, that's it. Yeah. You see, your system has to work, yeah. whether it's college or pro. Right. And right now, it will, but um, on Friday when they couldn't beat Boston, it's because they didn't get in there fast enough, mm-hmm. and they don't have anybody to shoot from the point. The Islanders have Pollock and Pallas and Mayfield who shoot from the point. Mm-hmm. When you do that, you have to have somebody following the shot to score a goal. Right. Yeah, the cleanup. Like. And they're not doing it. Right. And that's one of the reasons they're not winning. It's because they're not doing it. And 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 I have to say this honestly. I went to the system took four years to develop. Because Barry Trotz, when he started, this was three years ago. Mm-hmm. And this is where it is now. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's how it works. It's yeah. not wrong. And, and Matt Barzell, by the way. Come on. Stud. The reason he's this good is because he learned how to skate when he was in Canada and he was on the Canadian junior team and he learned and he played for Team Canada and this took him two years to, you know, to do. Now he's he's better at defense now than he was before Mm -hmm. because at the beginning he couldn't back check or anything. Now he's doing it. Not doing the scoring, but he's doing it. Yeah. I want to ask you about something that we have in common. What kind of cat do you have? What kind of what? Cat. Oh, I have a dog. Oh, I thought you had a cat. No, no, I have a dog, a husky dog. Oh, big. <laughs> yeah. I have two cats. One is nine and one is 16. Oh, very cute. Is, is 16, 16 is old for a cat, right? Yeah, she's good, though. She's 16. My nine-year-old is sitting right here. Aw. He's Tiger the cat. And she's Princess Julia the Fourth. She's Julie. She's 16. <laughs> very and nice. She's beautiful. And so is he. They're, they're, they're gorgeous. Well, Miriam, I appreciate the call. I love seeing a woman's name on here. I got to tell you. You take care of yourself. All right. We'll talk to you next week, I hope. Take care. I will. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Yeah. You know, that's funny. And I always mean to mention this, and I remember it when I get home. I leave the radio on for the dog. So, <laughs> so I, for her, Lupa, her name is Lupa, which means wolf in Italian. She's a husky. She looks like a wolf. But I leave the radio on for her so she can hear me while I'm here. Is that weird? No. You think she knows? I think she can associate with the tone and the pitch of your voice yeah, you think, and probably right? knows it's you. I don't know if she, I don't know if dogs understand the concept of radio. Like, I don't know if she just thinks, yeah. like, she's, like, looking for you the entire time and, like, <laughs> I hear damn voice for four hours and I can't find her. Or if she just associates it with you and feels comfortable. Yeah, I That'd be think, a good study. 
You know, that would be a great study. Any psychologist out there, I mean, I could probably do it too. But what, what happens is when I get home, she doesn't, she's not allowed on the furniture. But when I get home, every single time I get home, doesn't matter how long I've been out for, there's always a little divot in my bed. She sleeps on my bed in my spot, exactly where I sleep when I'm gone. So, I don't know. I think it's cute. Lupa, get off my bed. See that? See what I did there? Let's see if it worked. All right, let's go to Eric in Ronkonkoma. You are on the fan. How you doing, Danielle? Uh, I, I love following Miriam. She is so knowledgeable yeah. as a uh, as a hockey fan. I, mean, I love it's, it. It's unbelievable. I, 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 I mentioned it uh, a couple of years ago. I forgot who I, who I said it to, but I, I, I would love to, well, when the opportunity comes by, take her to uh, an island game at the new arena. Just, uh, you know, uh, you know, experience for, for you know, for both of us. Yeah, you know, we got to get something I mean, going. Like, when, when it's time, yeah. maybe like a group sale or something, the WFAN right. overnight listeners <clears throat> or something take over the garden or, or whatever it may be. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, that, that'd be pretty cool. I mean, yeah, I would I would definitely pick you up on going to a game, but I, uh, you know, I don't have my match season tickets anymore. So, but, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, first off, happy happy Valentine's Day. Um, Second, second uh, congratulations on your winning oh, thanks. You know, last week. But, it's still in yeah. the account. I haven't so, touched it yet. Everybody might think uh, I might spend it already. It's, it's still there. Thing. Still that's looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay. Um, oh, oh and, and real quick, I don't know if you saw the link I sent you. There's the, you know, that, that uh, Stanley Tucci special on CNN tonight about uh, uh, going around Italy sampling all the different foods. Oh, no, I didn't uh, see it yet. Where did you send it on Facebook? Yep. Uh, it, it's on, um, yeah, yeah, I sent it on uh, Facebook. Oh, yeah, yeah okay, uh, check it out. It's, it's, called, it's called Searching for Italy. It's on, I think, 9 o'clock tonight. Um, I think it's actually a series. He goes around Italy and samples all the food, meets the people. Oh, cool. uh, I, I thought of you immediately. Yeah, I'm saw. definitely interested. Yeah, I'll check it uh, out. Cool, yeah. thanks. Okay. Um, as far as the Mets, I've been hearing the last few days Matt Chapman's name popping up. Uh, on the uh, I have third to. base. I don't know if... Yeah, I have to. Yeah, I, I mean, do you think there's a possibility there? I mean, especially Sandy, you know, having the relationship with them? You know, I, I don't know. I, you know, when there's smoke, there's fire, right? But yeah, it's, how I mean, much how much would I, you I give, up to 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 give up to get them? Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Uh, I don't... But, uh, yeah, I, don't I mean, I... Yeah, I certainly wouldn't mind that, uh, that kind of move, you know, if, if they're able to do it, but... Again, like you said, it depends on what they'd have to give up. Um, you know, I, I know they've been commenting the last couple of days that they're not done. You know, I, I if it turns out to be just a couple of small moves or whatever, I mean, I don't really need the, you know, the, the pat on, on the back to be like, you know, you know, oh, look, we did a couple more moves just like we said we did. I mean, you know, as far as I'm concerned, they, they've had a good offseason, you know, uh, to begin with. But, uh, you know, despite the, you know, the Springer thing kind of bothers me a little bit. Uh, and, uh, you know, Brad Hand a little bit. But, I mean, they, they did fill other positions. And, and at the same time, they did have to fill, <clears throat> fill the GM position, which kind of led to some of these things happening. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, a lot of people seem to forget that. You know, they're just looking at the players. So, uh, but we'll see. I mean, if, you know, I mean, they report this week or later in the week uh, pitches and catches. So, it's around the corner. So, Hopefully they can squeeze one more deal in, and uh, we'll go from there. But anyway, you have a, you have a great rest of the day, and uh, uh, I'll talk to you next week. Yeah, Eric, thank you, and, and thanks for for calling. And I'll definitely check out that Stanley Tucci thing. I already have the tab open. Um, yeah, you know, you you, I, you know, I, okay. So I did, I I did hear the Matt Chapman stuff, um, and I and I've obviously have heard the Chris Bryant stuff, right? So third base is if, when you look at the Mets' defensive alignment. 
there's you know as it sits right now your left fielder if you're a Met fan your your left fielder is Dom Smith which is a huge liability that no one's really talking about yes his bat is great you know the Mets kind of got screwed with with the no DH I'll be honest because you know either your DH is Alonzo or it's going to be uh, a Smith on any given night so the Mets kind of got screwed with that this year so they have to kind of just tread water a little bit for one more year potentially with with just a real liability in in left field. I mean, his fielding percentage, and I know that doesn't tell the whole story, but his fielding percentage is literally, like, terrible as compared to, like, the, the league average in left field. So, I mean, that's the one thing that people aren't really talking about. Third base, I think, is another liability. I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire with, with uh, Chris Bryant. Matt Chapman, though, see, Chris Bryant would be more of like a rental player. I mean, I think he's got like what one more year on, left on his deal. Whereas Matt Chapman, though, and that would be a deal or trade with the with the A's. I mean, he's got he's twenty seven. He's he's controlled under arbitration for three more seasons. So to give up, what would be the haul for Matt Chapman? Probably a lot. And then does that create? I mean, is it Dom Smith Matt Chapman deal? I mean, that's the kind of guy we're talking about. Exit velocity, first since 2008, Matt Chapman is, um, among all third basemen. Ultimate zone rating, first. Defensive run save, first. I mean, this guy is one heck of a player. And then you're going to have to give up one heck of a haul for him as well. So uh, I don't know if the Mets are going to pull the trigger on that. Uh, I think... I think they're still engaged was the expression that Martino used. Andy Martino, that is. They're still engaged with the Cubs. For Chris Bryant, he's got one more year left on his deal. They can afford him. I think the Mets end up going, if anything, if at all, I think they end up going the Chris Bryant route. I think. I think. I mean, Matt Chapman's a fine player, but I don't know if the Mets are willing to give up you know, the farm that is really kind of non-existent for him. But he would have, have a, a, a left side of the infield, Matt Chapman and Francisco Lindor. How awesome would that be defensively? Pretty good. And another name crossed off the list. My my list of starting pitching help uh, is, is James Paxton. Saturday night went to, uh, went to Seattle. So uh, cross him off the list, cross Jake Arrieta off the list, and cross... Corey Kluber off the list. Kluber, by the way, was my number one choice for the Yankees. They went out and did it. Awesome for them. Uh, so, uh, you know, Odorizzi would be the next one. If you're looking for for starting pitching help, he would be my recommendation moving forward. Walker, yes. But that would be that would mean taking a flyer. Like taking a flyer on, on Taewon Walker. The Yankees, in my opinion, have no room for that. They've got a flyer on Kluber. Some other guys in their rotation, uh, Severino, you know, the whole thing. So I don't think Walker would be a fit for the Yankees, whereas Odorizzi would be a better fit for the Yankees. I think the Mets in that situation, maybe a flip-flop them. I think the Mets could take a flyer on Walker uh, pretty much until Syndergaard comes back. I think the Mets are a little bit more fortified in their starting rotation than the Yankees are, so Walker would not be so much of a, a gamble for the Mets. Odorizzi. I guess for the Mets would be my second choice now that Paxton is off the market. But Paxton was my number one choice for the Mets. And I'm kind of curious why they would not why they would not go for him. I mean, clearly, you know, he has experience pitching in New York. 
you know, the whole story, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know. I don't know. Do the Mets make another big deal? The acting GM, Zach, uh, Zach, uh, what's his name? Zach Scott, what's his name? GM, Zach Scott, yeah. Having a brain fire here, but yeah, Zach Scott, he said they're not done. So you'd have to think, what does that mean? See, the thing if you're a Mets fan, that George Springer, fine. What bothers me is, is, is the Mets not going out and getting Brad Hand. They could have obviously afforded him. There's definitely a need for him. That kind of bothers me. Because, see, in my system here, when you think of Edwin Diaz, right, as the closer for the Mets, he had a terrible season two seasons ago. Did much better last season. When the Mets hired Carlos Beltran, one of the quotes I, that stuck out to me that he said, that Diaz said about Beltran was something along the lines of, he can show me how to, um, you know, take the pressures off playing in New York or something like that. So without fans, did it surprise Welcome back to McCartan in the morning here on The Fan. We, we have crossed out after midnight. We have inserted in the morning. It is 5.04 in New York City. It is freezing outside, freezing rain. So if you're on the roads, please be careful. Um, I mean, when I was coming in, it was freezing, raining. Actually, driving through New Jersey... It was raining. It, the ice was hitting the windshield and freezing immediately. So be careful out there, everybody. Take your time. Go slow. There's no rush. Leave earlier. That's it. Just leave a little bit earlier this morning. Hey, we've had a pretty good show tonight, everybody. We've kind of uh, taken it from Super Bowl Sunday, reactions from the Super Bowl, and we've kind of pushed it chronologically throughout the night, talked a little basketball in between, and then we ended up pretty much talking about baseball right now, which is pretty good chronologically. That's where we pretty much should be at this point in time. We've touched on uh, Deshaun Watson again. Listen, if you're still one of those people that's like still thinking he's going to take the Jets to the promised land, you know, immediately with before his opt out after the 2023 season, you are uh, you're uh, you're a little bit delusional. I'm sorry. Uh, I'd love to hear from you tonight if you if that's still you. Um, but I, I wanted to make a, a parallel between. What you saw in the Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offensive line and what's going on here in New York. Um, and I did this in the open, and I'll do it again. I tweeted just after the Super Bowl. I said, I would just like to point out the obvious, that even Patrick Mahomes could not get it done with a ragtag offensive line. We well-documented you know, what, what happened on that offensive line, the guys that are out, who, who, who was in, right? But when you look at the stats that, that Patrick Mahomes put up. On paper, you see three sacks, loss of 27 yards. Not so bad, right? If you watch the game, your eyes told you a different story that Patrick Mahomes was running for his life. And outside the tackle box, this is NFL Next Gen Stats, he completed 26% of his passes. That's it for just 28 yards, and that's where his two interceptions came in. So to put a number to the scrambling, as I often like to do. Obviously, according to next NFL's next-gen stats, Mahomes scrambled for 497 yards before throwing the ball or being sacked in that game. That is the most scramble yards tracked ever by next-gen stats. And I said this before. I made a joke, but new year, new you, right? So maybe you're getting back into the gym. I want you to imagine running 0.28 miles on a treadmill, which is 497 yards, as fast as you can while being chased by 300-pound linemen who want to pummel you and, and push you through the turf. 
Mahomes lived it just in the Super Bowl. But Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold live it every Sunday. Every single Sunday. And then you factor in injury, right? Let's talk about injury. So, so we've talked about uh, uh, ragtag uh, Swiss cheese offensive lines. Patrick Mahomes couldn't get it done. Darnold and Jones, not really either, so check. What about injury? Patrick Mahomes underwent surgery for turf toe on Wednesday. He was playing injured through the Super Bowl, clearly, and I think the as far back as the AFC Championship game. So, and even probably before that, actually. But Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold were playing injured through the 2020 season, too. Jones had the hamstring and, and the ankle. He missed weeks 11, 13, and 15. And if you think he was magically healed, you're delusional. Sam Darnold, after being pile-driven through the turf by the Broncos in week four, still no flag, by the way, he missed weeks five and six, and then nine, 10, and 11. And if you think he was magically healed in week 12 and beyond, you're delusional. So the point I'm trying to make is this. We all know Patrick Mahomes is the next coming, right? We all think that. We all view him as that, the next coming of, of Tom Brady, let's say, right? And due to that ragtag offensive line and a toe injury, he looked completely mortal. And dare I say it, like regular, normal, even with some of the league's best offensive weapons. So all I'm saying is just back off Daniel Jones, back off Sam Darnold a little bit, and Sam Darnold even more, actually, than Jones. Listen, even, I look at, I look at things logically, not emotionally, really. Neither the Jets nor the Giants were playoff contenders, even if they had Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback. Those two guys are playing on teams in here in New York that are works in progress. They have both dealt with a turnover at the head coach position and, and everything that comes along with it. And unlike Mahomes, Mahomes was a, essentially he was a plug-and-play winner who has played under the same brilliant head coach and, and, and offensive coordinator in the same system for his entire career. So internalize all that. And with the draft right around the corner, kind of. And if Patrick Mahomes can't get it done while running for his life, what makes you think that's Daniel Jones, Sam Darnold, Deshaun Watson, or whoever other quarterback you're wanting to bring in here can? Deshaun Watson, forget about it, man. If you're still holding on to the, in that irrational hope that that disgruntled quarterback would be not as disgruntled here in New York... Who's, who would be making a ton of money, and I average it $33 million each year average until his opt-out after 2023? You think he's not going to be disgruntled here in New York? Throwing to whom? With the Jets? Come on. In my Jets playbook, as you all know, since day one, Watson has not been involved. But would J.J. Watt be a fit for the Jets or Giants? He can sign um, pretty much immediately because he's a vested veteran. He does not have to wait until the league year beginning on March 17th. So would he fit in the Jets and Giants? Uh, both. I mean, talent-wise, he would fit both. The Giants probably can't afford him. The Jets could. But listen, a guy like that, he's not looking for a Jets or a Giants. He's looking for uh, a Green Bay Packers. He, he's looking for a team that's going to have a real chance at winning in the, the Lombardi Trophy. He's won just like James Harden I likened him to before. He, they've won all of the individual accolades, right? And at this point, they're they're ring chasing, both of them. So, J.J. Watt, ultimately, you know where I think he lands? I told you this before. J.J. Watt will be a Buccaneer. 
I mean, it's pretty much a no-brainer, right? You got Tom Brady, a legitimate chance at winning the Super Bowl, again, repeat, and and the Bucks are still going to have, at this point in time, right now, they would still have $10 million of excess cap space. They could make another move right now. I know that's going to change, but my point being, they could definitely afford him. There's definitely, uh, you know, in that Todd Bowles defense, I mean, that is the prototypical defense. I hope more teams took note of that game plan, of that Todd Bowles blueprint in the Super Bowl, giving Patrick Mahomes literally the worst game of his entire career. I went back and I looked. His quarterback rating, it was the worst by 11 points in that Super Bowl. The worst game he's ever played. That blueprint of the front four generating pressure without bringing a blitz. I mean, uh, I think uh, Chris Sims tweeted out that Todd Bowles only brought a blitz 9% of the time in the Super Bowl. 9%. That means all of it was generated up front, followed by athletic linebackers that can hang with literally one of the best tight ends in the game, Travis Kelsey. And then a a, a secondary that gelled and, and, and rotated and and was over the top for help and coverage. So the the blueprint of defense. So, sometimes, you know, every, you look at the Nets, right? I'm paralleling this to the Nets, too. They could score 150 points a game easy. But if the other team scores 151, they lose. So hopefully, moving forward in the NFL, and particularly with our teams here in New York, that they put a little bit more emphasis on the on just the defensive side of the ball and the importance of it. Yeah, it's an offensive league, but you also have to play defense. And then we touched on, quickly, we touched on in the open, more of uh, the Mets and Yankees. How the Yankees are going to be reporting the pitchers and catchers tomorrow, Monday, February 15th. They report to Tampa for duty. And the Mets are going to have to wait. Their pitchers and catchers are officially reporting Friday the 19th. But James McCann is already there. He saw the videos. Jake Arrieta was my can't-miss starting pitcher for both of the Mets and Yankees on the free agent market. He has now signed with the with the Cubs. They closed on a one-year deal worth $6.5 million. So uh, is it starting pitching that you're looking for to bolster your team's rotation, or is it um, uh, relief pitching? Because if you're the Mets now, see, I, I view Seth Lugo as, as a relief pitcher. I don't want to see him anywhere near the starting rotation. So... In in my mindset, I think the Mets should be in on another reliever, especially with Seth Lugo. If if you hadn't heard, he has been sidelined for over six weeks, definitely over six weeks, with a surgery to remove a bone spur. And speaking of th- four to six weeks, Mitchell Robinson is also out, fractured hand. He'll be back in time for the playoffs, though. So he's one of my favorite Knicks. I just like guys that especially go up and get the offensive board. Like I love guys that are like that. So he's a shot blocker presence around the rim on both ends of the ball, both ends of the court, just the kid plays hard. So he was really coming onto his own too. He's really hitting his stride. Oh man. It's t- tough break for Mitchell Robinson in the Knicks, but, w- but what can they do in the meantime? Are they going to go out and get somebody else? You know, that, that remains to be seen. It doesn't seem like it. You know, if you watch the post games and stuff and the interviews and all that, Tom Thibodeau seems pretty set with Nerlens Noel and Todd Gibson off the bench. No, Noel started on Saturday night. Gibson came off the bench, and they did just fine. The Knicks did just fine. Two blowout wins in, a, in two consecutive games. Pretty cool, right, if you're a Knicks fan? And my poll has closed. I asked you, and I, and I 
and another main topic that broke this week came from the governor's office, actually. Uh, governor, we don't really talk politics on here. You guys know that. But when it applies to sports, like like this clearly does. Um, and I should say we don't po- talk politics ever. That's what I should say. We don't po- talk politics ever here. We always stick to sports here. But when they overlap, it's important because Cuomo, Governor Cuomo, announced that sports arenas, they're going to be letting fans in starting February 23rd. And if you're a Nets fan, Barclays Center is open to you. If you're a season ticket holder, Nets fan, part of probably some sort of lottery, uh, you're getting in on the 23rd. The Knicks are getting in on the 23rd as well, on, on the day that it opens. If you're an Islander fan, you got to wait till the 25th. Rangers, wait till the 26th. And of course, what is the ramification for the Yankees and the Mets and their opening days? Maybe might be expanded capacity. Who knows? But the Yankees open at home April 1st. The Mets open at home on April 8th. So I put a poll up. My poll said, would you go to a game in New York that follows the guidelines that Governor Cuomo has put forth? And by the way, the, the guidelines, one more time, are you have to wear a mask, you have to sit socially distanced from other parties, and you must provide results of a negative PCR test, not the spit test, not the saliva test, the PCR test, taken within 72 hours of attending the game. So you can't do the rapid one. It has to be the PCR one, okay? Uh, so would you go? The poll closed. It almost an even split. 51% of respondents said that they would go. 49% of respondents said that they would not go. Some of the, the, the quotes coming in, the, the uh, uh, someone wrote, uh, I would love to be back at City Field, just better be at regular priced seats, not a season ticket holder. Yeah, I just tried looking at, I typed in nets, and there's nothing that comes up on the secondary market. So I don't really know how this is going to be run. Obviously, it's going to be to season ticket holders, but can they then turn around and sell their tickets? Because Buffalo Bills fans were turning around and selling their tickets on the secondary market. I did check that for you guys. We did talk about that. Um, Let me see. Uh, Let's see. Let's see. Keith McCarthy says, playoffs, maybe I'm not getting tested to go to a regular season game. John Lanche, he says, here's the deal. Many jobs like mine, you are awaiting results of a COVID test, so you this is a tweet, by the way. So you cannot work while you w- wait for the results. So it's a no for me because of that. If it was just to wear a mask and practice social distancing, I'd do it. The test ruins it for me. Um, yeah, so that that's kind of the results coming. You guys can, I mean, you can't vote anymore because it's closed. I, I like the short polls, but you can go ahead and leave your comments on that. Give me a call. Would you attend a game? Um my vote, and Pat, I'll ask you too, my vote right now, if I had to do all that to go to a game, I would do it. I, I feel that everybody would be safe around me because you've got a negative test within 74 hours. If you're sitting socially distanced and you have to wear a mask, probably unless you're eating or drinking, and it's at a 10% capacity, I would do it. Would you? Yeah, I would do it. Absolutely. I've been dying. I know. Dying to get to a game, concert, anything. If the restrictions are put in place... It's safe enough. There you go. Yeah. I mean, again, you're taking a risk doing anything nowadays. Yeah. So it's a risk I'd be easily willing to take. Yeah. The PCR test does it for me because people would, you know, kind of like, you know, lie. You know, oh, oh I, I don't absolutely. have any symptoms. But just so to sign a waiver. Yeah. Sign a waiver. Come on. Right. But the PCR test, that's data. This yep. is, I'm negative. That does it for me. I would do that. I, I Well, never mind. I won't even get into anything else about that. But I would love to go to a game. Uh, by the way, I, and I tweeted it, too. Did you see the tweet? I tweeted it, and I said, you know, I would love to go to a game, you guys. Uh, anybody have tickets? You know, let's go. But, but like, I, 
they they thought that I had the tickets. I don't have tickets. <laughs> I don't have season tickets to any team anywhere. Especially, Never did. Especially not the Garden. Yeah, not at the Garden. We ain't getting that here. <laughs> not at the Garden. Not at Barclays. Not at Yankee State. Nowhere. I have no season tickets anywhere. So if we're going at all, it's going to be with your tickets. And uh, <laughs> we're going to we're going to mooch. Yeah. We're going to mooch off your tickets. We're just along for the ride. Yeah. Just I'm just here for for comic relief and stuff like that. You get the you get the fan celebrity companionship. Yeah, no celebrity, no way. I, I just I, I would never go with a stranger. That's kind of. But if it was an event where it was like a you know WFAN listeners uh, viewing party or something like that, I would do it. I would. See if we can we we can partner up get to uh, get to the garden maybe. Yeah, we should we should try. I would definitely go. I can't wait to go to a game. I'm in, like, game withdrawal. I can't wait to spend $12 on a beer. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, we got to get limited capacity at a bar, reserve a table, get some drinks beforehand. And then go. And then go. You're like my brother. My brother likes to go to the McDonald's outside Yankee Stadium so he doesn't have to pay for the Yankee Stadium prices yeah, I mean, inside he's, he's economical. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're literally just, like, uh, you're getting robbed. It's ridiculous. I don't know. You, my as good brother. as you think the stadium food is, I'm telling you, you can get just as good at uh, what's the what's the restaurant across the street from Yankee Stadium? Uh, it's always packed. I know. Stands? Yep. Yeah, I haven't been there in years. Yeah, great, yeah <laughs> you go get great food there. I you guess. A, you get a, I mean, we, we can talk about this for days, but you get a chicken uh, chicken tenders or you get a burger and a beer at 30 bucks. Come on, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Oh, man, I just miss going to games. I hope you guys, too. I know you guys do, too. All right, let's get aboard. 877-337-6666 is that phone number. There is one line open. It has your name all over it. I'm Danielle McCartan on the fan with you until 6 a.m. Getting you ready for the last 40 minutes or so of the show, you guys. This is a great song. DJ Pat Boyle on the ones and twos. Speak Italian. There's also an Italian version of it, too, that's just as good. All right. Wake it up, everybody. So we were just talking about the stadium. I just wanted to add one quick note here, and then I'll get back to your calls. 877-337-66. If you noticed, over the past few Thursdays, I've been posting some throwbacks to some different ballparks that I've been to. You know I want to get to all of them. If you're a fan of the show, you know that. All this COVID stuff has really put my tour de USA on the, on the hold here. So this week's throwback, I figured I'd never talk about them on the air, but I always do them. This week's throwback I posted was to Guaranteed Rate Field in Chicago when I went. Many of you asked about Wrigley Field, too. I did that, but that was on a separate trip. So maybe next week I'll put that up. But, yeah, so I posted a few pictures, among other things. Obviously, the stadium, which did not impress me really at all. It was very generic. It could have been any. It could be in anywhere. It, it was not a White Sox stadium to me. I don't, you know, whatever. But I did the scenic riverboat cruise. It was freezing. I went in. Uh, when did I go? November, I think it was. I, I stepped onto that glass ledge at the top of the Willis Tower, the second highest building in the Western Hemisphere, and most importantly. I ate my way through a guided pizza tour. We were just talking about stadium food. So it was a guided pizza tour in the city of Chicago. Fun little time over there. The past, I think it was like a, over a weekend in Chicago that I went. By the way, don't Google it. The tallest building, the number one tallest building in the Western Hemisphere, right here, right down the street, One World Trade Center. Okay, back to your calls. Lenny in Fort Lauderdale, you are on the fan. Hey, hey good morning. How's it going? I'm good. How are you, Lenny? Hey, just want to say I love all the callers. It's like a little radio family. I love it. 
I love Vernon's call. He makes me smile all the time. I got the question right tonight. How, that yeah, made me smile. I got one for you later. <laughs> uh oh. Fired me. I also love when Omar calls when he's crazy with his. You know, Omar hasn't called me in, in a I couple know, weeks now. I know. I know. I'm, I'm disappointed. I know. He, he anyway, goes... a couple of things. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was going to talk next, but first about this, uh, Watson. Yeah. I don't think he's disgruntled with the field play. He's disgruntled with the with the management. Uh, they have racial undertones over there. Okay, I, 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 see, I don't agree with with that. Really, honestly, I don't think it's racial. Uh, I just think that this guy thinks he has a say in in all the decisions. And if you want to join the front office, then you go ahead and join the front office and get off the field. I heard I heard a story about uh, the uh, Hopkins that got traded. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, that the ex coach uh, they had a family day. And he criticized him because he had, you know, several kids from different mothers. And mm, that he, I didn't and, see. You know, you shouldn't have a family like that. We're not, we don't want those kind of people, you know, those kind of players. All right, but either way, the coach is now gone, correct, right? Yeah, 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 yeah but it's a whole I haven't seen, I, whole, and I didn't that see whole, that story. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just think this is disgruntled because he thought, this is poor Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter, that he thought he was going to have a say in in the upper management of the team, and he, and he didn't. Yeah. Boo-hoo. Yeah. Sorry. And then, uh, and we got to the Knicks. What a pleasure to watch them play this year. Yeah, they're fun um, to they watch, aren't they? Hard. Yeah. Uh, they, yep. they, they're, they're beautiful to watch. Yep. Hibido's doing a great job. You know, they're going to miss this guy that's hurt, Robertson, or whatever his name, Robinson. Mitchell Robinson. But, uh, but um, Nerlens Noel, he's, he's, he's locked in. He's looking good. Yeah, he surprised me a little bit. You know, I, th- I always just thought he had slow footwork. I thought he was slow to the ball. He's a but... great shot blocker. Yeah, he stepped it up big time. I, I, yeah. and, and he was a very high draft pick at one point. I love being proved wrong by guys oh, like that. And then, uh, oh, and then we got to the NBA. I'm so sick of a three-point shot. I've come up with one of my famous rule changes. Uh-oh. Okay, Lenny, tell us. <laughs> tell us. I think... I think that the three-point shot should only come into effect in the last two minutes of each quarter and just stop all this bombing from them. There's 80, 80 shots a game from three-point. Yeah, never going to happen. It's just it's disgusting to me. I can't watch it anymore. Yeah, I, it, you know, it's just never going to happen. It's just the nah. evolution of the game. The, 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 even, even like the centers and the, the forwards. Forwards are becoming shooters. It's unwatchable sometimes. It's like watching... It's like watching an all-star game a lot of times. Yeah, did that's you? why I enjoy the Knicks when they come out. They're playing defense. Yeah, they're, me too. They're, they're, they're really disrupting people on the other side of the court. So I, like I agree with you. Yeah, I think the Knicks are a more fun watch than the Nets. Oh, they give you effort. Effort is more important than winning to me. You know? Well, sometimes though, when you have effort, the wins do eventually come. You know they that. will. They will. Yeah. Okay, I got two little trivia questions for you. Okay. One is football. One is basketball. All right. Let me see. Name the four quarterbacks. Who've taken two different teams to the Super Bowl and won it, or just taken them? No, no, just been been to it. Well, Brady's one of them, right? Brady's one of them. Um, uh, did the Colts go to Super Bowl. Was it Manning? Manning's another. Um, one's before your time. All right, so I probably won't get that one. Uh, it's not, not too far before your time. Huh? Montana? No, no. Yeah. All right, I give up. What are the other two? Kurt Warner and Craig Morton. Kurt Warner with the Rams and with the Phoenix, Arizona. Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. yeah. And who's the, okay, who's the other one? Who's the other one? Uh, Craig Morton. He did it with the Broncos and the Cowboys. Okay. All right. Yeah, I would have never got. All right. That. Here's my basketball one. Name the top three all-time leaders in assists. Is this a trick question? Is James Harden no, on no, that no, list? No, no, no. <laughs> Is James Harden on that list? <laughs> it's, a, it's a real one. Uh, Scottie Pippen. Is he on there? No, 
Uh, I don't know. You give me that one. I don't know. Hey, we got Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, and, and Stockton. Really? Those are the all-time ones? Really? All-time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kid, huh? And then one last thing, a little bit of uh, on the lighter side. Yeah. You mentioned the Ertz family. Yeah. Um, I like the, uh, the younger brother coming up, Dick. He's very good. Yeah? How old is he? I'm kidding. It's a joke. Say the name. Oh, no. Come on. Ah, Come that's on. my little baby Yuma. I, I, I was like, I don't, I don't know of any other Ertzes. That's why I was like, hey, how old is brother he? Dick. Brother Dick. Oh, my it's God, Ertz. Lenny. Come on. <laughs> I got to go. Pat, do we have to Happy dump him? Happy Valentine's <laughs> Day, my friend. All right. Bye, Lenny. I'll talk to you Thanks. next week. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. There's another Ertz? Like, that... Huh. A lot of stuff we we hear on the morning show. I think we can we can we can let that one go. <laughs> like, wow, another hurts. How did I miss that? I picked one? up on that right away. I looked right at you. I was like looking for like answers in your face. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see. I didn't see any answers. That was a good one. I got to give Lenny credit there. <laughs> oh, Lenny, come on, Lenny. It's a family show. <laughs> I'm like, oh, he's going to talk about Julie Ertz. Yes. I'm like trying to get myself all pumped for it. Like, oh, the women's national team. Yes, Lenny. Then he brings up that. A, a, a long lost brother of Zach Ertz. Gotcha. You got me. You did get me here. All right. Let's go to Ohio. Ohio. Brian, you're on the fan. Hey, Danielle. I was wondering if you wanted to have a happy Valentine's Day with the rest of the fan. Like we all should because. We need something to celebrate around here because after you hear these ticket prices, oh. you're not going to be real thrilled. All right. Brooklyn I, I, Nets, I, according to Craig Carden. All right, but are you a sources, season ticket holder? No, I'm not who, a season all right, ticket holder. Let me ask you, who was his source then? His source that he quoted were two season ticket holders and the Nets general website that he said that he quoted. All right. And he called into Evan this morning to quote the Rangers prices also okay now so this is secondhand knowledge no so I, i'm not going to claim it myself that's why i mentioned craig first but yeah, uh, it's like third hand it's like a game of telephone six hundred dollars a seat at the brooklyn nets games you have to buy them in pods of two and you have to buy the whole season and that is from the Nets. That's that is not starting price. Yeah, that's not that's from like the Nets. That's not from a, a secondhand market or anything. That's not from a secondhand market. So that sounds a little egregious to me. That, that that's, for some reason it that's doesn't like sound right. Thousand dollars. It doesn't sound right. No, but but the Rangers are throwing people a bone. They're having a three team trial or a test out of this new uh, procedures that the governor's going to or has mm-hmm. issued. Mm-hmm. And their starting price is at $50 a seat, and you don't have to buy pods or you don't have to buy multi-game tickets. So they're going to start it out with the three nearest home games that they have, mm-hmm. which I can't think of three next home games. I believe uh, it's the 26, maybe. So how could they Not be so five. vastly different, though? Like That just sounds exactly. – it doesn't it sound doesn't right. Say- it doesn't make any sense, but they're doing the seat. Like you said, it's going to be season ticket holders first. Um, and community is what they're going by, which you can figure a lot of the, a lot of the older seniors are going to avoid it, but still at $30,000 a pop, it's quite a bit to pay to go see the Brooklyn Nets play. I mean, they're in great and all, but man. I couldn't imagine about $50 to go in and see a Rangers game. I, I, Put a yes next to your poll. 
<laughs> well, I appreciate that, Brian. And, th- and thanks for the check-in. You know, it's just that it, th- those don't equate in my mind. I don't know. I would love to talk to – I called – I asked – I called for season ticket holders of any of our teams to, to give me a call and, and we can discuss this. But that they're just too vastly different. To go to a Rangers game for $50, I mean, I don't even think you could do that before the pandemic happened if, to go to a Rangers game for $50. I mean, I've tried. You know, you sit in the ceiling for, for $125 once you get done with the taxes and fees. So uh, I don't I don't know, I, you know. Regular okay. If this t- if the tickets are regularly priced for the average fan, and, and I know that's like air quotes, regularly priced, um, but not egregious like that, I would go. But I'm not spending six hundred dollars a seat times two the twelve hundred dollars a game to go to a game. That sounds like price gouging to me. It does. It just doesn't sound right. That's all. And uh, maybe maybe we can get some more clarity because you know the, the Nets are playing at home on the twenty third, which is like I don't know. 10 days from now, less than 10 days from now. So there's got to be some sort of clarity on this situation. Who's getting the tickets and for how much money? Um, We'll have to wait and see. And if someone can enlighten us tonight on that, uh, let me know. Um, Because, you know, you guys always know I like to go to the primary source. Oh, you know what? Speaking of primary sources, also, maybe I didn't want to bring this up tonight, but maybe we can talk about it. I did send out a tweet to one of Zach Wilson's teammates because uh, there was that whole controversy of was he a captain or not a captain, Zach Wilson on the on the on the BYU team, and uh, I sent a uh, a tweet to one of his his teammates who stuck up for him publicly to say that he was in fact a captain, um, and that whole report came out that he was not, and then I went back to the primary source of the team's you know preseason publication saying that there were eight captains voted upon by the team, four. That were uh, offensive players, four that were defensive players. Zach Wilson's name was not on that list. He was part of a leadership council, which to me sounds like a consolation prize uh, for for anybody that did not get uh, voted captain. So everybody gets a, a captainship trophy here. I just you know whatever. But um, I tweeted to him, and he only has like six thousand followers, so he definitely saw it, and he did not respond back to me. So that's what I mean by by talking to direct sources. That's what I like to do. Um, well, that's it. You know, that, that's how I that's how I operate. You guys know that by now. All right, let's go in the order that you guys called. Let's go to Paul in Floral Park. You are on the fan. How are you, Danielle? What's up, it's Paul? Nice to talk to you again. Of All course. Right. Good, good. All right. Um, yeah, what are, uh, I guess uh, uh, Brett Gardner? Yeah. Uh, I guess he's the as, man out. As, at, as uh, good as gone. Yeah, I would think so. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like it. Sounds like it. J.J. Uh, Watt, does he fit? With the Jets, what do you think? Um, JJ, there's clearly a need for him, right? Um, uh-huh. they, they could afford him. Okay. He, he's not picking the Jets. He's picking a team yeah. that's ready to win the Super Bowl, and it's not the Jets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. for the Jets. Right. Right. All right. Yeah. All right, okay. Paul. Stay safe out there. All right. You do the same. All right. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Um. Yeah, Jay Bruce, we didn't really talk about Jay Bruce tonight. Jay Bruce, 34 years old in April, bats left, throws left. I know that's like a really big uh, point of contention for some of you Yankee fans out there that you need left handies in, in, in the batting order. Well, okay, all right, you got him. Is it Jay Bruce? He signed a minor league deal. I think you'll see him in the major leagues. He is going to be, um, you know, that fourth slash fifth outfielder. He plays all three positions. 
left and right are his best defensively. He can DH. He can play first base, which I hope does not make Mike Ford expendable. I hope not. But to me, it means Brett Gardner is as good as out of here. I mean, Brett Gardner at 37 years old, market value about $7 million. Yankees don't have that much room to manipulate. Whereas Jay Bruce is making $1.35 million on a one-year deal, minor league deal, and some incentives, $50,000 for plate, you know, 100, whatever whatever it was, 400 plate appearances or whatever. But 1.35 as compared to 6.8 million, Brett Gardner's as good as you got. Thank you, Brett Gardner, for all you've done for the team. You're the last remaining World Series winner on the active roster, right? You you know, you you were a great Yankee, Brett Gardner, but... Honestly, I thought Brett Gardner was not going to be even around for last season. And I just hope that Mike Ford is not being expendable because Jay Bruce can play first base and fill in at first. And also, you know, DJ LeMay, who can't because, you know, Mike Ford, he's making $575,000. He's arbitration eligible until 2026. Keep him on the roster. Projection-wise, um... In terms of, we'll, we'll take batting average. Brett Gardner is projected to have the best batting average of the three. Um, trying to think what else here. What what what's another good stat? I'm looking at him. Uh, walks. Brett Gardner blows the other two out of the water. Strikeouts, though, he's the highest of the three. So uh, you know what? It's just it's time for Brett Gardner to come to an end. Jay Bruce, you know, he's going to be the guy. He he hits the ball hard. Short porch is his friend as a lefty. I think you're going to say some good things from Jay Bruce. And I also got a tweet, too, about asking uh, from, it was from Kevin and Camden asking about uh, which relief pitcher should the Mets and Yankees target. He thinks Justin Wilson. He wants to book it. Justin Wilson is number two to Trevor Rosenthal on my list. So Trevor Rosenthal, one. Justin Wilson, two. Jeremy Jeffries, three. I also looked at David Robertson. He would be, um, well, actually, in order, Uzimero Petit would be number four for me to target. David Robertson would be five of five that I looked at to target. So if you're looking for relief pitching, we can get into this in, 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 after this quick little break if you'd like to. Trevor Rosenthal would be number one for both teams I'm talking. Justin Wilson would be number two for both teams. They could both afford both of them. Uh, Jeremy Jeffries would be number three recommendation, McCartan in the morning recommendation, followed by Petit and Robertson. And those would be kind of like a, like a, eh, for me. Right before we go to break, uh, Vernon from Manhattan called again. Okay. He said he will call in next weekend with an offer for free tickets to a Mets game this year. He's a season ticket holder. He said he's going to tell you the terms and conditions of getting those free tickets when he calls in next weekend. So what? little cliffhanger for the fans Do of the you show. Know? Did he tell you? He did not. Ooh, so we'll Vernon. Be we'll be waiting until next Sunday for Vernon's call. That's going to be a trivia question. We already know that. T's and C's, terms and conditions for the free tickets. Isn't this, this not how it works? We're supposed to be giving out the free tickets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we'll gladly take them, though. <laughs> All right, we got to hit this break here. 877-337-6666 is the phone number. I'm Danielle McCartan on the fan till 6 a.m. 
I get those goosebumps every time, yeah. Hey, what's going on? It's the Moose. Coming up Monday after Boomer and Geo at 10 a.m. It's Moose and Maggie right here on the Fed. Pitchers and Catchers Week. Baseball around the corner, Maggie. Yes, plus more on the NFL offseason. And we got some pro days coming down the pike. So get ready and buckle up. Moose and I start at 10 a.m. We'll see you there on Sports Radio 101.9 FM and Radio.com. I get those goosebumps every time you come around here. You guys, this is not the usual Saturday morning special here, or Sunday morning special. Pat Boyle, this is Goosebumps remix. Yeah. I heard this while shoveling for the first time in the blizzard, and I was like, ooh, I like this. Nice. All right, this is your last chance to get aboard here, everybody. 877-337-66 is the phone number to get aboard. Um, Yeah, last chance. Here we go. I'm a carton after midnight. We just... We just started scratching the surface on what uh, what the relief pitching market looks like. Um, and I told you, Trevor, I got a tweet from oh, – let me load it up really quickly. I got a tweet from – oh, God, I can't find it. Oh, John Rossi said, Mets need Trevor Rosenthal and Justin Wilson. Just a greedy Mets fan. <laughs> um, oh, there's another one. Rick Brody, at Rick J. Brody, said, can you explain why the Mets couldn't claim hand? Okay, so I wrote, great question. I cannot explain why they let hand slip through their fingers. I'll see myself out. (laughs) All right, let's go back to the calls. 877-337-6666. By the way, I'm sitting here in in a Sarah Fuller jersey sent to me by here to the station by Bill B. in Paramus, New Jersey. So, All right, let's go to Comac, New York. Dave, you're up on the fan. Dave? Uh-oh. All right, Dave, I, call back. Dave, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know. I hope it's not the system. All right, let's go to Osvaldo in the Bronx. Osvaldo, yeah. Yeah, that's me. You're there. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, thanks. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? All right. I'm a fan, a big fan. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Um... I spoke to a gentleman, um, one of your co-workers, mm-hmm. a little while ago. And I was telling um and I heard something while I was listening to here in, in the radio. And I heard, um, and they're putting it on the line now. I'm online. You're here. You're live on the radio. What's your Brett Gardner point? Uh, uh, Brett, Brett Gardner is... That's you and me from phone to there. Yeah, but Gardner is, is the top of the line. He 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 he's the Yankee strikes. Well, Brett Gardner, unfortunately, is is they're far off on on dollars, is what it is. And Brett Gardner, if if he really wanted to take a hometown discount and remain a Yankee, he could. He's trying to play hardball with the Yankees, and it doesn't seem like it's going to be working out for him because they went out and got Jay Bruce. Yeah, he's a great Yankee. Yes, yes, he is. However, um, to me, it seems like the t- his time is done just because of the dollar amount. Yeah, he, he he's projected to be just as pretty productive, actually. 50 RBIs, 16 home runs. You know, this is according to baseball reference. I don't do these permutations, these ones anyway. Um, but, yeah, he, he's projected to have, uh, you know, somewhat productive season. Even at 37 years old, but 
they're far apart, apparently, according to reports, if you believe them, on dollar amounts. So I don't know. But uh, Jay Bruce coming on makes me kind of think, and, and Clint Frazier coming into his own makes me kind of think that there's really no room for Brett Gardner on this Yankees roster, on this Yankees lineup. Although I do like his approach at the plate. You know, he kind of just waves at the pitches sometimes just to put them in play. I like that. Takes a lot of pitches. I like that. And uh, he's kind of like the rarity on that Yankees lineup. Of course, we can talk about Judge and Stanton and Sanchez and all that. Um, but he he he's, he represents uh, kind of like the the anti Judge Stanton and uh, and um, I'm sorry I'm just being distracted by something that's being shown on TV right now, and they just put a Phantom of the Opera mask on LeBron James, um, and showing all of his flops or, or a big flop that he had in the in the last game, saying it was like a phantom call. Oh my god, it's so funny. Sorry, that just made me laugh. It distracted me. I'm very sorry. Okay, Mike in Brooklyn, you are on the fan. Good morning, Danielle. How are you? And happy Valentine's Day. You too, Mike. Thanks. Hey, um, two things. First, uh, I know you were talking about uh, your last uh, game that you went to before uh, pandemic. Yeah. I was thinking about what I went to. Uh, I went. I actually took my son. He left for college that year, 2019. Mm-hmm. So we went, took a little roadie to uh, Philly and Pittsburgh to go watch a couple baseball games. Really awesome. nice, actually. Yeah, actually, so I, I've been to cool. Philly, but I, we, me and my dad were supposed to go to Pittsburgh, actually, and we, oh, nice. we couldn't because of the whole thing, but... It's, yeah, which all, one was better? It's um, the field uh, Pittsburgh is, is beautiful. Yeah, you, you'll love it. That and uh, Wrigley were probably my two favorites. Okay, yeah, so, I love it. Okay. And then um, I also went to uh, the same year. I went to that 250th win for uh, Sabathia with a buddy. Ooh, that's so that, a good that, game. That might actually be the last guy to win 250 games. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. So, uh, sorry. So the, the the point that I want to make because I know uh, we're at the, almost at the limits here. Yeah. Um, relievers for the Mets. Uh, I actually uh, tweeted you, but I think uh, Rosenthal would be a, a good one. Petit, Ozuna, and I would also think about maybe taking a flyer out on Kimbrel. I know obviously uh, 2019 he had that half season, mm. and he didn't pitch that great when he came back. And last year I think he was hurt a little bit again. Yeah. But um, I'll hang up and hit and uh, listen to you. Yeah. Have Mike. a great uh, Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Um, yeah, I don't know about taking any flyers if I were them. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Rosenthal would be number one. And I'm not sure why, really, he hasn't signed anywhere yet, to be honest. Wilson would be number two. Um, Petit intrigues me. Uh, I colored him in, in yellow, orange. Actually, it's orange on my paper, so I could see it. But he would be like a caution flag to me. Um, he does have World Series experience. He occasionally starts games, which I think would be really good for both the Mets and the Yankees. That's kind of why I put him in like that middle category. Um, what kind of scares me, he's got almost a four ERA career. Um, you know, he's 36 when the season starts. Uh, you know, but I, 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 I am intrigued by him. I got to tell you, I am intrigued by him, uh, just like you are, Mike, um, for sure. Okay, uh, last chance, you guys, 877-337-6666 to Freehold, New Jersey we go. John, you are on the fan. Hey, good morning, Danielle. Happy uh, Valentine's Day to you. Thanks, you too. Hey, how fun are these New York Knickerbockers, Danielle? Oh. They're playing pretty and hard, and they they seem to get along with each other and uh, playing unselfish basketball and great defense. You got to love what they're doing this year, huh? Yeah, fun to watch, isn't it? I, I you know, listen, I 
I love watching teams, which is why I'm such a really big fan of the WNBA. I'm going to be really honest. I love watching teams that are fundamentally sound, that play hard. You, you see it all the time in the WNBA, every single game. And the Knicks, oh my God, I, it, they're just fun to watch. They're more fun than the Nets, in my opinion. I, I agree with you there. You know, they're not there quite yet, Daniela, and I'm a bit concerned about the impatience that I'm hearing from the front office regarding going out and grabbing some big fish like a gravelly veal. Yeah, they're not there yet. They're, they're not there yet, Daniela. You know, you, you want to bring in a gravelly veal, you're going to have to pay handsomely for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that kind of deal is too rich for my blood right now. Right. They, they have too many needs right now. The main need being a franchise point guard. And they've got some high draft picks. I'd rather find a franchise point guard in the draft that's going to get this team in a position where these guys are going to get the ball where they want and where they need it to be most successful on the floor. And they're going to get some easy baskets. And they're going to have a guy to just orchestrate the offense and have things flow, which they don't have right now. Mm-hmm. And then you add the other pieces later on. Because you look at a Bradley Beal, you're going to have to give up three first-round draft picks and Julius Randle and make a trade like that. And I want no part of Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo is older. He doesn't have a complete game. He's always banged up with injuries. He's making a lot of money in a walk year on an expiring contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want, you know, we already went down this road with Carmelo Anthony, where we gave up way too much too soon. The team wasn't constructed fully. We didn't have the assets that we needed to build around Carmelo. And you're going to be right back in the same boat if you, if you pull the trigger prematurely here with a Bradley Beal trade. And you got Bradley Beal and nothing else to play around it. Because if you make that move, not only are you giving up your, your draft capital in a draft that's supposed to be locked and loaded for 2021, but then you're going to have to elevate Obi Toppin to the starting small forward position to right. replace Julius Randle. I don't right. think he's there yet. No, I agree with you. Yep, I agree with you. And I, and I like John, that's a really good Knicks call. Um, I like Obi Toppin. I, I just don't know if he's as, um, you know, as. Uh, how should I say, finessed, right, right, finessed, ready for NBA just yet. He's getting his minutes. He's going to see an increased workload with Mitchell Robinson out for sure. Robinson, listen, Mitchell Robinson is top 10 in defensive rating, top 10 in blocks, and one of the best offensive rebounders in the game, which makes him one of my favorite Knicks. I love guys that work hard like that. How do they make up for it? Nerlens Noel, Taj Gibson, and Obi Toppin's going to get more time. What Derrick Rose has been able to bring out in some of these guys, and Derrick Rose was a great signing. Um, Emmanuel quickly really coming into his own. That is a guy that has shown up at the NBA level and is ready to play. And I wish, I just keep wishing for him to get more and more playing time because he can handle it. He can do it. I mean, did you see him tonight? So when you have Derrick Rose and him together on the floor, both Derrick Rose and Emmanuel quickly together, on the floor, they put up, uh, where was it, tonight? Uh, let me see. It was something like 30-something points tonight. Obi Toppin, Manuel Quickly, I screenshotted that. Uh, I can't find it right off the top of my head. I know we have to get to some of the more calls here. But but, but Derek Rose, great efficiency coming off the bench in that second unit with Manuel Quickly. I wish Manuel Quickly would be elevated to the, the you know the starting rotation because I think he, he's got it. He, he is it. Mind that talent. Thibodeau, I trust him, though. He's a pretty good coach. He'll he'll be able to get it done. Let's go to Brian in West Palm Beach, Florida. You're on the fan. How you doing? I want to talk about the Yankees a little bit. I hope they sign Guardy. I've been a Yankee. I grew up in Westbury, so I go. I come up in in May, the end of May, my birthday. Yeah, but what? What? Why? I mean, it... I, that, well, the Yankees are too right-handed, Danielle. 
You know, you got to have a guy, you know, a guy, I'd rather have uh, Brett Gardner. I don't know. I don't know if the Jay Bruce signing is all that good because he strikes out a lot. I don't know. I, you know, I, I like the point that you just brought up that, that Brett Gardner doesn't really strike out often. However, Jay Bruce is making a literal fraction of what he's making. Literally a fraction. Can I make a prediction? I think someday Brett Gardner is going to be manager of the Yankees. Manager of the Yankees? Yes. <laughs> Brett Gardner is going to be manager of the Yankees on Sunday. All right, you heard it here first, everybody. Rose finished with 16 points tonight. Quickly, 22, top in 11. And, and also with the Knicks is, too, how, how they could spread the ball around. It's, they're just fun to watch. The talent level offensively, obviously, they're at the bottom of the league in scoring. I, I get that. Um, they're going to need some pop there. But defensively, they're, they're among the best in the league, and it makes it, for me, anyway, fun to watch. For me, anyway. So um, we've got a, a busy week coming up, of course. You guys can uh, tweet me. Facebook me all throughout the week. Thank you to all of the callers tonight. I know it was a short show, but I appreciate you guys setting your alarms for the different time. Uh, could not have done this without you. I love coming here talking with you guys, everybody. Let's use that radio.com rewind feature to access everything that happened tonight. And while you're there, you can just go ahead and rewind all the way to 3 a.m. Listen to the whole show while you're at it. Great job to Pat, as always, tonight, and to Mike McCann on the updates. You got Bob Salter coming your way next. In the meantime, hit my socials. At Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N, Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. We will keep the conversation going, and we will have some real-life baseball to talk about next week. Yankees and Mets, pitchers and catchers, spring training is upon us. Let's go Yankees, and let's go Mets, everybody. Sports Radio 101.